Hey guys, welcome to Wrestling with Fetish. It is Sleeper Kid once again here, joined by a very special guest. Uh, a lot of you uh, know this lovely uh, performer. She's also um, a really good friend of mine, a uh, good friend of Jacqueline's, and a good friend of everybody, I think, in the local crew. Uh, and uh, she's also a really, really good uh, actress, wrestler, and producer. Which, yeah. yeah. So without further ado, we're going to say hello to the lovely Sparrow Summers. Hey, y'all. And uh, Sparrow was nice enough to drop by today for a little bit to, uh, to remind me, which she did a couple of months ago, a couple weeks ago. She's like, you know, I've never been on your fucking podcast. And my adult brain, I was just like, wait, really? You thought I'd been here multiple times already. Well, because we talk, we talk a lot when you come over. It's true. So we chit-chat. So I was like, I'm sure we talked about like her, you know, in front of a microphone, but apparently not. Mm -mm. Um, but we have you here now, and I'm really, really excited to, to talk to you because I, you know, I, one of the things that our fans love is, is to hear your story and like where you started and where you yeah. ended up where you are and like where you're going to go. But for those of you who do not know, Sparrow is a fetish performer, but also a wrestler for SKW. She mm -hmm. also has worked for VelvetsFantasies.com. Uh, what other companies outside of uh, us have you worked for? Mm, I'm trying to remember the names of them because it's been a couple of years since I've worked with any other companies at this point. I'm really attached to you. Damn right. Uh, I Agony Bound, I think, is on Clitzer Sale. I've also um, worked for a guy that works under the name of Self Gags. Um, both great companies. Uh, Agony Bound is local. And obviously um, more bondage related. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And uh, I've done I've done some stuff in a fetish magician assisting. I believe oh, that you know him. Yes. Um, I'm trying to remember the name of his company. I feel bad. Now. Um, I forgot if his name. Is this company actually has a name. I know he does mm -hmm. a lot of, um, he goes by uh, Eve Gulick, I think mm -hmm. is the uh, is the Twitter name. I'll have to find out and, and put a little plug on the description. Yeah, he's great. Um, I, it's definitely one of those like top 10, what's the strangest thing you've done in this and it's be cut in half. So, you know. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's such a kind of like campy way too. So. Oh yeah, it's so campy and like, I don't know. I was terrified of camp initially, and now I feel like the most money comes out of my camp. Oh, well, we're going to talk about that because I, I want to tell you to tell people the story of when I first met you mm. and, and how you went from one kind of performance to like what you are now. Oh no. Is, no, it's, no, seriously, it's been a hell of an evolution to to witness. But um, but yeah, no. As as for the magician thing, it's it makes a lot of sense that that would be a fetish though when you think about like how many kids watch magician shows. Oh yeah. Um, there's beautiful women and like. One pieces in shiny tights. Yeah, I think it's just the first time you ever see a lady in something that resembles lingerie, and like there's the whole danger captive thing. Like, I really get how I get specialized. And, mm -hmm. um, and if your parents are rich, they bring that to your backyard. <laughs> right? What a formative <laughs> experience for people. <laughs> oh my goodness! But all right, so let's get into. Uh, uh, we'll talk about your origin stories here a little bit, but uh, also what else? Um, let's do a quick plug right away. So you have your own company as well. Yep. And you're producing out of your own home. Yes. And how long has that been going on? Uh, I don't know, maybe three or four years now. Um, it's been that long. Yeah, uh, I started maybe producing my own stuff maybe a, a year after we started working together, maybe a little bit less than that, and have pretty much not stopped. Like, I have lulls when I'm really busy. Like, I haven't been producing new content at all in, like, I don't know, I'd say the last six months except for some custom stuff because mm -hmm. I just haven't had time. Um, and also our house is a lot smaller than it used to be, so it's 
harder to keep space for it. Um, when I was at peak, um, I had a whole room, I still have it technically, but a whole room like dedicated to it that was decorated as like three different segments. It was very fancy. It's really cool. Yeah. And then I went out of town one too many times and I got full of stuff, but you know. Um, but yeah, so mostly on my mini bits now. Um, you can still find me under Sparrow Summers. I like being unified in my branding. Um, all so you minivids.com, Sparrow Summers. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, mm -hmm. You can also search me, Sparrow Summers. It's all me. Um, and what kind of fetishes have you been covering as of late? Well, uh, everybody got real into belly fetish for a while. Like, real into it. Like yeah, me. our new clip with you this week is, is belly worship. Mm -hmm. Like, me and April did have done a lot of, like, belly worship, um, belly wrestling things. Um, I've been doing a lot more talking. Uh, so, and recently, well recently within like the last year I started doing really specific niche character work to like amuse myself so I have a little AI doll character that mostly monologues mm. but the guys who are really into dollification stuff it's less about the sex and more about watching you glitch and the twitching really translates into glitch super uh, well I think you worked with have you worked with Kayla Obey yeah. yeah yeah she has she's got a lot of those too mm -hmm. they love seeing the uh, like you said like just delivering a speech and something like, eh. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like I did one 20 minute clip that was literally just me having made up all the features of Dolly and why she's a super duper fancy doll. Um, and just went down a list. It was so <laughs> much fun. I have giant cue cards for it somewhere. And do you feel that's really helped, uh, diminish your initial maybe stage fright when you first started working? Cause I think one of the things when I first worked with you, I think you were a little afraid, not afraid, but you were a little uh, nervous when it came to having to deliver like um, off the cuff, like dialogue. Yeah, I definitely think it's helped um, with the spontaneity aspect of it. Plus like, I don't know, I'm a LARPer before I'm an actor. So if I can like hide in a character, it's a lot easier to get it through than mm -hmm. just performing as myself. Um, but yeah, so a lot of belly stuff, been doing more foot stuff. Um, People are really going in for the, the silly things these days, and mm -hmm. I love it. Yeah, we got a... It's it's funny. I got a... I went to a message board, and it was... I don't know why I did it, but it was one of those things where you kind of Google yourself every once in a while. Mm -hmm. So I went on, onto these wrestling message boards, and there was all these message boards dedicated to SKW, and one of the things, like, one guy went on a rant. He's like, guy fucking hate that guy all he does is these goofy scenes and girls crossing their eyes and rolling their eyes in the back of their head and sticking their tongues out and, and vibrating on the mats and, <laughs> and i don't know how anybody buys that and like underneath it like it's 80 people going like i buy it and i think right. it's i think it's you know cute and sexy and i'm just like oh thanks guys but yeah well and it's really sought after too like i've had a couple out-of-state producers be like i can't get anybody local to do this yeah. No one is willing to look this silly. <laughs> um, and so, like, they're trying... Like, I had a guy who wanted me to fly up up north purely because I was the only person who would, like, do a spit take. Oh. Um, so it's, like, glamour models who are just like, I'm not doing that. Yeah, because, yeah, like, that area doesn't... Um, I want to say it was, like, Seattle or something. And uh, they apparently just had a lot of girls who were more into the modeling than the wrestling. They're like, well, I guess I'll wrestle... But I don't want to look dumb, mm -hmm. and I think that the fear of looking dumb is really was really an issue early on. It <laughs> because it, yeah, because it's so doofy sometimes, where it's just like, okay, but stick your stick your tongue out farther, and it's like I know this can't look cute. Um, I think letting go of having to like look cute and more look like what the fans are after. I, I learned to, to let go of that because I was just like, I've done videos where I get beat up and I have to do the, the silly stuff too, uh, but it's it's one of those things where you just go like, man, I guess one man's, you know, uh, goofiness is another man's treasure. Yeah. 
well, I'm like, I don't know. I think I spent like so much of my early life dead convinced I could not do comedy because <laughs> I don't have the timing for it. Um, and so it's really satisfying to approach it as a comedic art. And that way it's not about like looking pretty. It's about being able to deliver like a goofy fun time show. And to me, some of my, my favorite actresses that I find to be, you know, charismatic and sexy, it's always because they're funny. Right. And because they're not afraid to, to look, you know, to look silly. So I think, you know, I'm talking about mainstream Hollywood. Like you mm -hmm. see these girls are in these comedies and they really nail these comedic things. And you're like, that's kind of, that's kind of hot to see yeah. a girl not care about that image. It is. Like, uh, I think it definitely plays into confidence and confidence is always sexy, you know? Yeah. If you're confident enough to just be like, yeah, I'll do this. Right. Uh, I'll do, uh, if you guys don't know, Sparrow is well known for doing... Uh, convulsing. Yep. So they love seeing you convulse. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> they love seeing you drool and do the spit take thing. You do one spit take, man. <laughs> and, yep. You give somebody a rope and they just want to be a cowboy. Yep. And um, and also, uh, what are the other fetishes that you uh, you cover at your site? You say you got barefoot, you got uh, belly? A lot of belly. Um, I do a lot of domination work uh, where I really like the uh, the girlfriend experience stuff too, where it's like a coaxing you through fetishes that you're ashamed of like yeah. i get a lot of guys that are th common, yeah. that have like a religious thing and they feel very guilty about it and so they want to be coaxed through like maybe it's okay to have kind of blasphemous fantasies mm -hmm. so i do a lot of um sexy nun who's decided she's going to be your new god <laughs> <laughs> which is super duper fun um do they ever have you do joi stuff as well yeah yeah um i do I think most of my dominatrix vids that aren't like... For those of you who don't know, can you explain what JOI is? Uh, a JOI is a jerk-off jerk instructional, uh, which can also come with a countdown, or not a countdown, but most people like it. Um, the more What's the countdown? Uh, the countdown is at the last bit of the video, you have to count down to when they are allowed to come. Oh, okay. Um, so a little bit of denial at the end? Yeah, um, or it can feel like racing it for people that have like a harder time getting off. I think it helps to set like a come on it's gonna make me happy if you can do this and it makes it easier um so and it feels like there's a little bit more control um so you can do a nicer jerk off with like a girlfriend you like oh come on baby let me get you off as or, opposed to like the humiliation yeah like, come on what's wrong with you come right on. come on man you can't do it like we're, you got three seconds can you do it um, <laughs> you gotta be at work at three <laughs> <laughs> don't have time for this um so I do a lot of that uh let's see I do a lot of custom stuff too. Though. You've done a lot of self KO stuff too, right? Or yes, I do a lot of self wrestling, um, and that is, I think, really where most of my money comes from. Like I always expected, like the the raunchier stuff to be the income, and it is not. Like all my money comes from, and it's just me throwing myself around a room. Like I have like six invisible opponent videos that are just me in my bedroom um i'm working on a custom for you actually that, that has that in it yeah um and folks love it um i've gotten really good at not throwing myself into corners of the bed i'm really good at navigating my bedroom blind now <laughs> um well, speaking of which yeah so you've done customs uh that a lot of uh other models haven't done that involve the sclera lenses yes so I, I have black big contact lenses that just cover your entire eyeball yep and i'm actually totally blind in them in the right in the right light i can kind of make out shapes and i'll try to move around the house like that and will invariably have someone i live with be like you can't do this <laughs> like try to guide me after we but did a, yeah we did one with you miss velvets and mm -hmm. I, I could tell she was nervous she's like i don't want to 
like hurt her or like I'd want to pick her. So I was like, let's just keep it down to the ground. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a lot sturdier than people would think. But yeah, I can't see a thing. Um, I've had certain producers be like, or well, photographers more than producers be like, we could just Photoshop this. We don't have to go full practical effects, mm -hmm. but if you can go practical effects, why won't? Well, that was my fault because we, we, you told me about the lenses and we did that one scene where you suddenly had superpowers mm -hmm. and you were controlling everything with your mind and <sighs> people lost their shit over that one. Yeah. They were like, that was so fucking cool. And uh, I think you like snapped two girls' necks just, like, necks just by twisting your hand. Oh, I did. It, and I think I like threw them back by slamming my, head, my hands. Yes. And it was really early. That was like... I don't know, I guess the first like month or two. Like three years ago? Yeah. And they've never reappeared since until the until the, the beat up dolls. The velvets, yeah. Which I've been really enjoying. I've been I'm I'm kinda of pleased that a couple of the fans have figured out that I'm into the doll stuff. Mm -hmm. Because now I get to do clips that I like am properly you're invested into, in. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um so like I get to be a doll and have Jacqueline flirt with me. What? Oh no. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, yeah, that was a really good, uh, gimmick we did where you were mm -hmm. just like a practice dummy, like literally a practice robot and yeah. she was just beating up on you. I hear that clip was very polarizing for people though. Oh no, yeah. You either like it or you run away from it. Oh yeah, yeah. Or you like, run to a message board. Right? Like, I definitely got a couple like messages that were like, why would you do this? Like, I... Why would I what not? it is, it's the raunchy stuff, like you said, isn't making you as much money as throwing yourself around because there is a saturation of the there raunchy is. stuff. Even though you have control over your brand, you are the only person who looks mm -hmm. like you, you're the only person who is you. But at the same time, there's people out there who are like, oh, well, I've seen masturbation on Pornhub. You know? Right. So let's see you do something new. Right. Like, now, I, I think that there's definitely a saturation to it. And like... I don't know, the wrestling fans are just so much more willing to throw down to, like, they understand the value of the performance, and mm -hmm. I think that a lot of folks that, like, consume mainstream porn or whatever, um, because it's so saturated, it's, and because they're like, well, everybody, you know, does this, so is it really work, or are you just filming something you'd be doing, because they don't realize that there's, like, six jobs that go into it, um, whereas when you're doing something physical and athletic, it's a lot easier to be like, well, Clearly, they're putting labor in, and maybe we should pay them for that. Um, and there's something to be said for that, too, because there was a girl that we worked with, um, not naming names, but uh, she was, uh, she when she heard what we did, and we did a couple of shoots with her, she was just like, I don't know if I'm going to do this anymore. And I'm like, why? She's like, it's just so much easier for me to cam. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, you know what? That makes total sense. If you're making good money off of camming, then do that. But if, you know, the girls who go out of their way to do this, I'm always like, this is cool. Like, you're you're branching out and trying new stuff. And in your case, you're it's some stuff that you're actually into. Yeah, um, I've honestly been thinking about reducing my brand purely down to, like, the wrestling and more, like, niche, niche fetish stuff anyway. Yeah. Because, like, I, just, I enjoy it more. I enjoy those fans more. It's something that's easier to have on the internet, too. Mm. Um, just... It's easier to cash off fetish. Make it, a lot of people are more willing to accept it, and like, I don't know. It's what makes me money. Why not focus on the stuff that's like both profit, more profitable, and more enjoyable, and generally comes with a fan base that treats me better. Do you feel that it's something that you can also share with friends a bit more? Oh like, yeah, no. It's it's like a it's like a party story. Yeah, They're right. like, what's this? What, uh, what's your secret identity? And it's like, oh, I pro wrestle, and everybody's jaw drops. And mm. like, you do what? Yeah. <laughs> like, always fun. Um, I always get a reaction. I've never had someone be like, oh, you know, that sounds fun. Like, No, there's always a follow-up question. Right, right. And I, <laughs> I enjoy but, but that. But wait, there's more. It's going to be one of those great, like, when I'm old and have, like, grandkids, they'll be like, Grandma, what did you do when you were young and hot? They'll be like, well, kids. Yeah. I have a reel ready for you. <laughs> Turn on the hologram machine. Right. Um, 
I'm think I have somebody who wants to make models of me too, so I might actually have a Sparrow action figure. Oh, that would be great because yeah. then we can have somebody use it as like a like a voodoo doll. Uh, <laughs> they oh beat you God. up in one room and you're in the other, like just getting yes. tossed around. If I manage to get done with it, because I have to like schedule like three appointments for it to exist. But once it exists, I'll try to bring y'all a copy of it because I, I need to build a mat room that just slowly turns, so we can just have you get thrown against walls and get poltergeisted across the back and the front. It would be great. I'm ready. Um, but uh, okay, so we've covered uh, pretty much all of your the kinks that you cover at yeah. uh, the Mayvid store. Yeah. And the biggest ones for you, uh, would you say in terms of classification, would it be just the knockout stuff or more of the the belly stuff? Um, it's definitely the knockout stuff before anything else. Mm -hmm. um, the belly stuff has been totally incidental. I have never marketed it. I just keep getting approached for it. Um, so I think it's probably those through those those two. Um, a lot of femdom. Um, and then verbal, verbal femdom, ver a very mm. verbally oriented femdom, um, mostly because I'm just a really verbal person. Um, do you shoot with other uh, models at all? Very occasionally. Um, I don't do um, like full anything that's like full contact with people that I wouldn't otherwise be doing that with. Um, so there's not a lot of like couples stuff that's too raunchy. Mm -hmm. um, I will shoot with other other local wrestlers sometimes. Bambi and I have been talking about doing stuff together for ever. Oh, cool. uh, we just are never free at the same time. Like she's been real busy, um, but I occasionally do that. Um, there's sometimes folks who roll through, but mostly it's just me. I would mm. I would always prefer to work alone when I'm producing because like it takes so much time to set it up and so much time to like get through it that when I finally muster up the like time and energy to do it, I just want to dive in and do it mm. and not have to direct somebody else. And like I don't do a lot of video editing, so I've gotten really good at doing things in one take. Oh, that's good. And the more people that you have, the more takes it is and then the more editing it is and so Really, really, me being solo is almost the result of laziness, but I think I do pretty good work for myself. Welcome to my world. If you're wondering what's going on in the background, my wife has arrived, and uh, she will not be joining us for the podcast, but I'm sure she's willing to say hello. Where is she? Is she in the fridge? In the fridge. Hi, Miss Velvet. Hi! <laughs> um, but... Uh, yeah, we were just discussing your shoot with, uh, with Sparrow with the, the big white sclera lenses that, that creeped half our fans out. And... <laughs> oh, she was my little doll? Yes. Uh -huh. That was fun. That was a lot of fun. I keep waiting for the sequel. <laughs> I mean, we can do that. I'd like to do one where we actually take our time and, and choreograph things where you're standing. Mm -hmm. uh, but that would take a little while because we want to do it safely. I feel like with the right people, too, we could do a lot... We could do bigger things with it. I I think we could do a whole tiny match with it. I would have to probably get um, get somebody to be there as like almost like a safety backup. So. Yeah, no, we we definitely would want an extra set of hands there, and I wouldn't want to do it with just everybody. But like specifically, if we wanted to do big things, I trust Tiny to kind of throw me around without me doing. Like I'm not conscious mm -hmm. for most of those videos. Yeah, that could work. So like, if I'm conscious but my eyes, but like I'm blind, is it really that much different? No. I'm already hearing some of our fans' brains ticking on that one. Oh, I know. I, I can think of, like, at least three people that just, like, sat up straighter um, <laughs> and are like, what? Without having, without actually sitting up. <laughs> but no, the, um, uh, what? I can make an erection joke. It's 2019. <laughs> you, you don't know. You oh, don't know me. We're at that part of the show. <laughs> um, but, um. That's a really good idea. And mm -hmm. then for when you're doing it by yourself, you can always get Tiny to put on like a sparrow wig as, as your stunt double. <laughs> <laughs> oh 
I would love to do a scene where you drink some potion and you just morph into Tiny. And he's uh, wearing like the one piece and he's just got the wig on. That would be hilarious. <laughs> Especially because like... I know that we don't do a lot of heavy story, but I have a lot of story that lives in my head. And so, like, Sparrow and Tiny might live together in my head at this point, where I'm just permanently in his basement. So who knows what we got to do I mean, he would totally point. do that, too. Right? That's a really good story, where he's just like, I need to work out. Right. Well, and, like, I don't know. I feel like pro wrestling has a lot of those, like, captive plot lines. And so, like, I'm forever in like every time we do a tiny clip i'm never conscious i always have a sign on me i don't think i've moved the no, whole time no it's usually a lot of ragdolling yeah um, I, last time i had to fight to just get you to, to get the the customer i'm like can she react a little bit because <laughs> you know i don't want it to look like you literally are just a corpse so i was just like let's have let's have her do a little bit of grunting and groaning and maybe saying please don't or yeah. something i mean i enjoy it like it's i think it's hilarious when i'm not conscious the whole video but like when you when you line them up in continuity, I have some like narrative questions. And for those of you who don't know, Tiny is—I uh, mean, you probably do—but Tiny is uh, one of our resident uh, uh, male talents. We only have two male talents. Yep. I have uh, yours truly, but I am not six foot nine and covered in, in as much muscle as that man is. Um, and he is just such a teddy bear. And oh, he is. You and Tiny have developed this amazing rivalry. Uh, you guys just keep meeting, and it doesn't <laughs> doesn't usually work out really it, well. For it me. never works out. I've heard rumors rumors that I might be allowed to get some revenge soon, though not in the way that I have been begging for for a year. I really want to get a girl gang together. And I know I pitch this to you literally every time I see you, but I'm just so sure that one day I'm going to get a girl gang together and go beat him up because it's <clears> the <throat> only way I'm going to win. <laughs> but yeah, and even then, I don't know if that's going to work out. <laughs> probably not. I mean, I can't... I mean, it might work out at first. I think it, it, yeah. it probably would, and at the end, he'll just do like the, the big Hulk out move, and everyone just flies to different counties. Right. I have visions of us like posing on him, like he's a really big car, and then suddenly he just like... Yep. And then we just... Flying. Got to you landing near Stone Mountain. Right, right. Yeah. Uh, it'll be it'll be great. And like, I really enjoy him like off of the mats, too. Like, I, I'm... I'm always delighted to see him. Like every time I see him, it's always really like oh, he's a sweetie nice. Pie. He's so snuggly. He's a sweetie pie. He brought me food last time. We're shooting with him, him uh, in the next couple of weeks. Actually, mm. I have a couple of gigs for him, so I'm really glad to get him back. That's good. But uh, I don't want to go off on a tangent, so let me just screech it back a little bit. Um, so let's talk about what you were doing the moment. You don't have to talk about your age if you don't want to, but like you know, if you do want to, I've had girls who are like, well, I was 17, I was 18, I was 19, and suddenly. Someone asked me to do a shoot, and it was like, oh, what kind is it? And then suddenly they were just slowly introduced to the world of fetish. Right. And what was it for you? Were you a model before the wrestling stuff? Uh, yeah, I started um, doing, like, light modeling, I think, in, like, high school as part of being in, like, art classes. Like, we had photographers, and I was forever convenient, um, which was funny because I went from, like, having at no point been, been considered any sort of attractive by literally anyone to, like doing very serious modeling pretty abruptly in high school and so like i had been doing that for a couple years um and then like was like well i really want to edge this up like i think i could do really well with fetish because i've always really liked fetish mm -hmm. um like i really enjoy the aesthetic i enjoy a lot of the stuff that goes into it and so like i was like well how can i get more into that industry without having to like get into porn and how long um, ago was this uh maybe six years ago like okay. i was 19 when we started working together gotcha um and i knew um <coughs> excuse me 
Um, I knew a couple other girls that did this and I was like, uh, and I was musing to them one day that like, I just didn't know how to get in the industry. And they're like, well, I wrestle. And he's like 10 minutes from here. <laughs> so y'all should talk. Um, and I Who thought- was it? I, I, I'm totally blanking. It was uh, Barry. Oh, sweet. Okay. Yeah. Um, but so they um, were like, hey buddy, let's do this. And I thought that they were gonna like introduce me or put me at a group message, but instead they're just like, well, here's this Facebook, go. So I called message. Um, and it's just- and That's good. I, I feel like, cause I've talked to Kaiji before and she was just like, oh yeah, I'm gonna send somebody your way and, and you know, we trust you. So just have a good time working with her and I'm sure she'll want to come back. Yeah. Um, in your case, I saw your look and I was just like, oh yeah, this is, you have a very singular, uh, very specific look. You you have a stature that mm -hmm. is is desirable for a lot of people who want to see like the mismatches. Yeah. Um, your demeanor is very like girly versus aggressive versus devious. So there was like this mm -hmm. kind of like okay yeah we could totally do a thing with your character. Yeah, I feel like it's the it's it's a really nice mix of like bouncy girly girl next door with like just a little bit of the punky tattooed girl because mm -hmm. I'm not nearly as hard as some of our like ultra tattooed babes who like are just ter like uh sahara was just so intimidating and she's oh. just nothing but tattoos yeah. and i'm definitely not that kind of intimidating so i think that it's fun for folks that really like the girly but like with a little evil you know what's funny like, is i just spoke to her and she's lost all the muscle now she looks very girl next door what? yeah she's like i stopped working out a couple of uh, months ago and now i'm just like She's like, I look normal. And I'm like, well, let's get you to come over. We'll do some more stuff. I can't you. even picture that. Oh, it's amazing. She looks, she looks fantastic. That's she looks wild. Great. She looks both. She looks great in both forms. Right. It's like, you know, girl next door. And then you have like this beast. Yeah. That just, you know, I've been, that's what I've really enjoyed about doing this for so long. Cause it's definitely been a, over five years now. And it's been really neat watching the way that people evolve. Mm -hmm. Like go from like really tough ultra like dominatrix types to like much softer and then you watch like people that started really squishy and we just get progressively edgier. So like, what did, was your first uh, foray into fetish the wrestling stuff? Yep. Okay, so yep. my shoot was your first shoot. Yes, okay. it's my first. Uh, Can you tell us about that shoot? How did how did that feel going into the into the studio? Did you feel nervous? Were you confident? I think I was having an anxiety attack literally the whole time. <laughs> like I think I had one like starting a couple hours before, and then a couple hours after because it was just a lot, <laughs> and I was so sure that I had like shown up and like completely made a fool of myself because I was so hesitant, and I could like tell y'all being like, "It's gonna be fine," but you also you're you're taking forever. Please be better at this. And it's oh, like, God, no. Oh no, but it got better. It was fine. A lot of it was just not knowing what I was doing or having any of the vocabulary. And I feel like, and not wanting to look doofy because all the modeling up to this point, you're trying to look so serious and so like- Sexy. And yeah, like, like it has to be sexy and beautiful. Like, whoo. Um, and this is like the opposite of that where it's like, you need to let go of looking sexy. Like the way that you picture sexy. You yeah. need to like go of sounding the way that you might assume sexy sounds. Like yeah, none like of that I, is gonna line up. Contrary to popular belief, when you get punched in the stomach, you don't make sexy sounds. No, and I feel like I had to like <laughs> learn that because I kept trying to do the like, oh, and you're like, that is not a sound that people make. <laughs> <laughs> but no, there's producers who like that. There's producers who like more like uh, pain, pains uh, with a little bit of pleasure. Mm -hmm. uh, we just try to do more of the over the top like 19, 80 style wrestling mm -hmm. except for like you have to you know really sell it for the guys in the back of the room and you did that very well as time went on when you first started shooting i did i did notice that you had you were very you were very reserved and very nervous 
And um, I almost felt like you were fragile to a point because there was a couple of times where like someone asked me to step on your toe and, and you're like, oh, oh, fuck. And I'm just like, oh, is she okay? And you were like, no, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Oh. And then, um, and so, and I think I told you this before, but there was a couple of moments where I think I thought you had taken a bad bump because you were just like, ow, fuck, ow, 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 ow. And later on, you were like, no, I'm good. So uh, it felt like you were almost overselling to me, like back behind the scenes. Oh no! And so we, my my wife did that to me once, and uh, she was just like, she was like, but she's like, fucking ow, 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 and I'm like, are you really hurt, or is this like a sparrow kind of? Oh hurt? no! Oh no! <laughs> oh no! But I'm saying that not to make fun of you. I'm saying it because as time went by, you started to really like come into your own like mm -hmm. character, and then suddenly you were just like, when someone would check you a little bit i mean, like you okay you're like yeah it's fine yeah and you started to really not not care about like the little like you know because you take a lot of bumps on a, on a mm -hmm. mat and even though they're soft you know yeah you feel them oh yeah i've, de I've definitely i hurt myself more than anybody else hurts myself um, and i i'm there to make sure that doesn't happen as much as it would if you, like you were working no. yeah by well, yourself but yeah mostly i'm just dr i'm dramatic I and I emote a lot. That's good. Um, so like, which I think translates into the wrestling really well. But it means that like in that moment, it is sometimes the pain is more of a sound than a sensation. But your confidence um, went through the roof. Too. Yeah, it, that definitely helped. And like, um, I also was just in a lot less like pain. But like later on, because when we started, I had a lot of chronic body pain, like a lot. Like I was not doing very well on that level and so like things i think things might have hurt more at that point but i'm doing a lot better now and being more confident in what i'm doing has really helped and like knowing how to catch myself has mm -hmm. really helped so like it's definitely gotten better over time and now like i can do stuff where like i'm completely okay and like tiny gets so worried about like, I've definitely have taken falls, and both of you have rushed over and been like, are you okay? And it's like, yeah, I'm fine. Let's do it again. I mean, you are, uh, you, compared to Tiny, it's, it's, it's something that you have to, you know, uh, worry about. But at the same time, he's such a, you know, he's such a gentle giant. Oh, he is. Like, I've, I've never had someone be so concerned about, like, my safety and comfort but That match with you is. and Luna is still, like, selling. You know, oh yeah, that was so impressive. Like we did some things that I don't think we like anyone's ever done before. You guys did the first ever one versus two at the same time Tombstone Pal Driver. Yep, and like and I don't in, know, in, not just in rest in the course of human history. I know, no one's ever done that. And I, I, if, if you guys discover that someone else did that, please let me know. Send me an email. But I spent like an hour, like yeah. doing research, going through clips. I'm like, someone must have done this at some point. And, uh, and no, and I remember I called Tiny, I was like, dude, we were the first, and he was yeah. like, oh yeah. There's something really cool about being part of like genuine wrestling history, like not mm -hmm. just like fetish wrestling, but like just the course of wrestling, which has like a really rich, elaborate history where you really go into it feeling like everything has to have been done at least once. Like it's so neat yeah, to do something. It's hard to do, come up with something new. It is, it is. And it's amazing to do something that like even really professional wrestling has just never done. And I had a couple of workers, like actual pro workers, uh, message me on Facebook and they were just like, dude, like, did, is that just photos or was that a thing? And I'm like, yeah, it's a clip. Yeah, it was real. And they're like, I usually don't buy your stuff. I just kind of look at your, your pics because, you know, hot chicks or whatever. Right. Uh, their words, not mine. But <laughs> <laughs> but they're just like, uh, they're like, oh, I'm going to buy that one. Yeah. No, I think it's really impressive. And like, I don't know. It's one of those things that I'm going to be proud of, like decades later. It's great. Um, and and I, I've got two stones right? on the girl. <laughs> Grandma did a brush them first. Um, and I put on nine inch nails for grandma. <laughs> We're gonna do a jig. <laughs> <laughs> and like, I don't think that would 
have been possible with any other people, though, because it really hinges on the fact that Luna and I are both tiny, tiny people. And, and you both have the same attitudes when it comes to mm -hmm. your characters. It, it worked out so well. Uh, we're a great matchup. I really wish that like we were able to do more together, because I think we're a well, she'll, she'll delightful duo. Good. Yeah, we're, um, setting, we're, we're setting up stuff right now. We just need to set a date. Cool. Because so. uh, I think we have great chemistry. And with us being so little... And playing off each other so well and Tiny being so big and good at what he does. Mm -hmm. Perfect storm. Okay, so your first shoot was with us, so I'm mm -hmm. very proud to say that. Um, when uh, you started to come back and, you know, getting more confident and, and stuff like that, when did you start to branch out to other companies and other themes? Uh, I think maybe, I mean, like a year or two out. Um, and I never really went looking to work with other companies, to be perfectly honest. Like, I've been... Like, I got scouted by a couple people, mm -hmm. um, and so it just sort of gradually happened. Um, like, I think maybe the first six months I did the magician stuff, and then after that I started doing um, more, like, bondage modeling, uh, which is super funny because, like, I would get really tied up. Um, this was for Agony Bound, and um, so I'd get full body hogtied or whatever, and then just left on a bed for, like... 15 minutes and told to make it interesting. Didn't so I would struggle. just fling myself around the bed, um, which really plays into the wrestling. It's a lot like what the invisible opponent matches look like, just with more bondage <laughs> elements. Um, and like, it was a workout. Um, I have still never officially worked with another wrestling company. Mm -hmm. um, it's, we've gotten close a couple times, um, but it's never quite come through. Um, either travel details don't work out or like money falls through or whatever. But so far, it's just been y'all. Oh, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm okay with that. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel like, you know, if it ain't broke, why, why try to fix it? Um, and I'd really rather work with established companies anyway. Yeah. Um, like, if the folks in Texas were back in town, um, I'd probably work for that company. But mm -hmm. Oh, which one? Uh, Rick's. Oh, Arizona? Yeah, yeah, Arizona. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, over there. Because um, I like his work. Oh, I like, I like his yeah. People. his He's he's another one who's like really fun to work for. Yeah, like, he's he's a sweetie. We're just never in the same state. Oh, uh, Miss Velvets. What's the name of uh, the magician's company? Um, Glamour Illusions? Ah. So she remembers. See, I wanted to give him a shout-out. So yeah. Is it GlamourIllusions.com, or is that just him on Twitter? I'm not sure. Okay. Well, look up Glamour, Glamour Illusions, guys, if you want to see some really awesome... He also, he also shoots BDSM mm -hmm. photography that's really, really classy. Yeah, we've done some really gorgeous slave work together. And then he uh, he does, of course, the, the magician stuff, which mm -hmm. is a lot of fun to yeah. check out. He's really into his weapons, too. There's a lot of babes with swords, which is definitely mm -hmm. one of my Does daughters. he really? He does swords? Oh, yes. I have some really nummy pictures with me with some sharp things because of him. Um, I did not know that. And like, as someone who's into babes with swords... I'm pretty happy with the genre, so like, <laughs> um, so he does some, he does really beautiful photography work, which I think balances out. Like, I love people who can do very campy things and very serious work at the same time. Like, I feel like there's a skill set in being able to code switch or whatever. Yeah, no, most definitely. And so, at what point did the bug start to bite you to become a producer? Um, I think. Probably a couple, it was pretty fast, like maybe a year or two in, uh, part, like initially I just didn't feel like I had the time or the resources to do it, but more people kept private messaging me for customs. And initially I was working almost exclusively that way where you'd have to email me and ask for it. Yeah. And then I just realized that I was sitting on like a bunch of content 
And like, it was just sitting on my computer doing nothing. And I'm like, well, this is ridiculous. Like I'm capable. The only, like I will, every time someone approaches me for a wrestling clip, I will warn them that your production quality is going to be better. And that if they want something serious, they really ought to work through you. But if they want me in my bedroom, then we can do that. But that's, that's also, I think almost like a sub kink is the idea that it's being shot in yeah. Your yeah, no, I think that people are really into the idea that like you can get really professional stuff, but then you can get stuff that is clearly like me at home, like just doing stuff for like a camera. And I think they that, feel like they're in there with you. Yeah. yeah, I feel like it's a lot more intimate. It builds a closer relationship with fans. Like I have some very close relationships with my regulars. Like mm-hmm. I'm very like good friends with people who have bought contents with me over the years. Like, um, Supermark and I have like an active friendship. I mean, he's been on this fucking show. I firmly, <laughs> I firmly believe that he is responsible for my career in a lot of ways. Because uh, that man has just like gone out of his way to just like promote me at every turn, um, and he is such a sweetheart. Yeah, when he, um, I mean, when he, when he sees talent that he enjoys, he he zeroes in on it. Yeah, and uh, and really pumps it up. Yeah, and well, he's very vocal about mm-hmm. what he likes to other people, like. I mean, he works for me now, and mm-hmm. I think it's because of that. I think it's because he's such a huge fan that mm-hmm. he's just like, I to want to, to help you, you know, uh, flourish even more. And without his work, I would be a mess. You know, right. he does a lot of work for me that is, has reduced, like, my anxiety levels have dropped, you know, 80%. I totally understand that. Um, plus, like, I feel like, like, the folks that I work with regularly, like, you get to a point where they really do care. Like, I'll get sick, and they'll be yeah. like, are you okay, buddy? Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, I I like having that kind of relationship with people, and I feel like doing the, the private work has really helped foster those relationships. And I think it's really valuable, because for some folks, like, that's... That's the intimacy that they're going to get this month, and I love being able to do that for them mm-hmm. and make sure that they know that, you know, what they want is special and important and intimate. Um, and so I think that's really what got me into it and, like, kept me there for so long is that, like, I like the personal connection a whole lot. Like, I really like building that connection, and I haven't been able to focus on that as much lately because I just have had too much going on, and I I think it's what I miss the most about having time. <laughs> Well, that is something that I think uh, differentiates fetish and porn is there's um, there there is more of a like okay these people are actually into my persona and my character and like maybe me as a person as mm-hmm. opposed to just oh I want to see your vagina yeah yeah I definitely not feel... that anything is wrong with that. no I have lots of friends who do porn and I think it's fantastic but they they do say like there's a, there's a difference between fetish fans and porn fans I think the fetish fans consistently have treated me better mm. like across the board I have been made to feel so much less uncomfortable. And they are so much less demanding. Mm-hmm. Like, occasionally, the, the folks who are really into femdom can be a little bit... But that's because people get flaky. Yeah. They get scared. There's less trolls, I think, in that cave. Yes. Yeah, I don't, I don't think I've ever been really and truly trolled as a performer. Um, like, as, as an adult woman, I definitely have been. But I don't think that, like, my fetish work has really ever attracted someone being truly mean to me the way that like some some of the raunchier stuff will because like I think it's easier for them to remember that with people um because it's so individual and Mm -hmm. I think that because it's harder to find niche fetish work there's more of an idea that like they understand that you're doing something for them um yeah in ways that like 
the saturated markets don't really get because they're like, well, I can go get three other girls to do this right now. And I think that's the other thing is that there's not a lot of um, porn customs. And I mean, there I guess there are to a degree if you're talking about like really extreme fetish where there's like a, a boy girl scene mm -hmm. mixed in. But if you're talking about like huge, uh, huge, huge porn companies, I don't even know if like uh, what the companies are now, but what used to be stuff like Vivid and like Wicked mm -hmm. and all that stuff, they didn't do custom production. So there was none of that really, there was none, none of that communication between the fans and, and, the, right. and the models. And there's a couple, there's a couple niche sites that like um, focus more on that dynamic, but they've also, but their markets get really oversaturated sometimes. Like for a long time, extra lunch money was really good because um, it's, um, they have a classified section, so you can post the kind of custom you want, and then girls would bid for it, and you'd go from there. And I met some very interesting fans that way. The guy who ultimately resulted in my AI doll character is from there, and it's because we had, like, a six-week email chain about, okay, like, I want you to tell me why you're into this. Yeah. Um, but that was still fetish. Yeah, it opens um, up these these uh, kind of, I guess, avenues of communication that wouldn't exist. In right. Um, though... After a while, like, that market got, by the time that I stopped using it, people were asking for, like, wild stuff mm -hmm. for, like, pennies. And it was like, I don't feel like y'all understand how much this is worth. So, um, but yeah, there's not as much of a custom market. I feel like there's always going to be a custom market for people that have very niche needs, but almost always that's going to bleed into fetish eventually. Yeah, and there's... <sighs> We we get that a lot too, where it's we will get people trying to like kind of lowball us and stuff, and and oh they'll express surprise because we're actually charging them a good amount of money to, mm -hmm. to shoot what we shoot, and I'm just like, well, dude, like if you were here, someone like like Supermark could be could tell you like what how much work goes into what right. we do. Uh, they just think that we just go in there and you guys just know what you're doing, uh, and then we just film and then. I wish it was that easy. Yeah, that'd be great, and I've never had that situation even with pros. Mm -hmm. I've had pro girls show up and. They will freak out when I cut. Yeah. They're like, what would you cut for? I'm like, uh, because that punch totally missed. And then that girl undersold it, so let's kind of modify that. And they would just look at me with, like, these pig eyes, like, oh, no, no one's ever asked me to do that before. Yeah. And then that turns what could be a 20-minute shoot into an hour and a half shoot. Yeah, I, I, def I always plan to be here for, like, three hours. Mm -hmm. um, even with people who really I, I don't think we've ever done a shoot in one take. I think we managed it in three once, and I was super proud of that The one with you and Velvets was... Pretty close. Yeah, I yeah. I think we cut only for effects. And I think you and I, and I think it was Sumiko. We did we did a lot of it in like one day. Yeah, I, the more the more experienced the people are, the the, more, the closer we get to it. But I don't yeah. think we've ever completely done one take. Mm -hmm. um, and I I've never done it in one take when it's me and another person yeah. ever. Um, and you're dealing with lighting changes and stuff like that, right? So. And like you've got to get the sound right, especially mm -hmm. with how much everybody's bouncing around in these things, like sound effects, yeah, special effects, yeah. And and to get like multiple angles of the same move, you can't like there's not two of you, mm -hmm. so like we have we have to work with what we've got. Um, so it's it's a really involved process, and like y'all do such high production quality, mm -hmm. and like production quality doesn't just come out of thin air. Yeah. Like, I'm still striving for the production quality that, like, I really want because it, there's just so much that goes into every little part of it. But that's um, good. That's good that you had the desire to, to get there. Yeah. I mean, ultimately, in the end, um, as much as I love the wrestling, like, I love artsy art film stuff. Mm -hmm. um, like, there's a company in Britain um, that uh, did an entire clip that was just someone 
crushing a pomegranate over someone and it was beautiful because the production <laughs> quality was like so high that it didn't matter what they were doing because it looked like a painting and like i want i want that so it's going to be like another 10 years and i'm not gonna be able to stop until i get so if you guys stuck with me yeah if you guys uh, have a pomegranate fetish or... <laughs> people are really into the fruit smushy yeah plus like it um i don't know it's really visceral i like i like vis like really visual stuff um, so I feel yeah. the same way. I feel like that's one of, one of my things when I shoot is is I, I I'll do several takes because I'll just be like I want this to look just right. Oh, you can tell you're a perfectionist when you're doing it. It's too. yeah, it's I mean, and it's to a fault sometimes where I'll, I'll have some of the girls roll their eyes at me. I'm like, when you see it, you're gonna understand why. Right. You know why I shot from this angle or why we did this particular light movement mm -hmm. um, because you want to to create an effect. Right. And when you're dealing with other producers who are just like, yeah, that's good enough. You know, I, I'm like, I can't do that. You know? No. Well, and it shows. Like, I feel like that's really why you've been so successful is that, like, there's just such attention to detail. And, like, sometimes you really got to take the, like, sometimes it's really worth it to spend extra time creating an effect. Like, I have an effect I'm working on for someone right now mm -hmm. that's mildly secret. Um, but basically, it's it's going to be, like, a multi-week process to put it together. Oh, okay. Um, because it's worth it. <laughs> The quality is worth it. It's going to be worth it. I mean, it that's, that's, really the, that's really the answer. It's like, because it's worth it. Right. Yeah. Um, and I think when you approach it, it's not just like, well, this is how I'm putting food on the table. And mm -hmm. it was how I was putting food on the table for a long time. And you're able to just be like, okay, but like, this is like also my art. Like, this is what I make that's creative. The quality has to be there, y'all, you know? Mm -hmm. But um, no, I totally agree. Uh, and my wife is a huge part of that. Like I, until I partnered up with her, she started inter to introduce more of the um, storyline aspect. It's mm -hmm. like let's do some stories, and so it's it's turned into this great partnership that you guys have, you know, obviously uh, been able to be a part of. Yeah. which I'm really happy to say. But I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves, so let's backtrack just a little bit mm -hmm. before we get into the really fun questions, oh, which no. is like, hey, what's the fucking weirdest thing you've ever done? Oh, God. But um, you are somebody who, uh, I mean, I'm not going to give away too much, but you and I travel in, in similar circles in mm -hmm. terms of uh, lifestyles. Yep. And we we do, you know, we're, we're all kinksters and we all do crazy stuff. We go to the same cons, all that stuff. Yep. Same burns. Um, so there is a part of you that is keyed into this. Uh, through your own fetishes, through your mm -hmm. own kinks. Um, and uh, you obviously don't have to answer anything you don't want to answer, but one of the things that we'd love to ask is, what are your own, what, like, when did you start to, to develop your own kinks? Like, what were they? Like, was it something when you were younger that you were just like, something clicked in you and you're like, okay, I think I'm gonna end up being this kind of person or, or this is something that's, that's attractive to me. Yeah, I feel like it kicked in like hilariously early. Like I have, very distinct memories mm -hmm. of being like, I don't know, I guess in like second grade and I would like go on the playground and try desperately, like desperately to convince other kids to play a game in which I was the castle servant that must be told what to do. And like, nobody wanted to play this game with me. No one ever was like, what is this thing that you're doing? <laughs> they're girl? like, we'll go to hopscotch. Right. They're like, this is, this is not the kind of role playing that we want to do. And I'm like, no, be mean. And they're like, do the thing. I'm like, but be meaner. And they're like, this is a weird game that you want to play, child. And so, like, it definitely started really early. Um, like, it's probably... And then, like, as I got older and more towards high school, I think the aesthetic also started to get me. Because, like... Um, like, I love kink from the experience of it. And I feel like I was always really into, like, the submissive stuff very early. That seems more like... 
that doesn't seem like it was sexual, obviously, because you were very, very young, but it was more like a root uh, right. um, kind of feeling. Yeah, like, it. there might have been something in the way that kids are, like, semi-sexual sometimes internally, but, like, it just made me feel warm and tingly to have that kind of attention. I mean, there are, they, they can be domineering. Yeah. I see that, yeah. Um, and so, and I think that, like... I don't know, having a childhood in which, like, I often felt like I wasn't doing the right thing, like, creating a game where you were always doing the right thing, because you're doing what you're told, is really comforting to a child, and I think that a lot of that was definitely a, a, like, I want to create a world in which I cannot be doing something wrong. Magic. And so, like, it was definitely more of a comfort thing for a long time of like this makes me feel safe and like i know what's happening Mm -hmm. and you can't be disappointing if you know what the rules are because so much of like growing up with like abusive parents is that you don't know what the rules are and they change rapidly so like having established rules is real appealing um Mm -hmm. and then like the older i got the more i started digging around and like really i find like the the classic fetish aesthetic with like all the leather and the the buckles yeah, and the yeah, straps course, like course, yeah. really exceedingly beautiful but you're probably um, more into the more psychological aspect yeah yeah i think i think it's less about like what are you doing and more like what's the story you're telling or like less like about what are you wearing yeah i mean like that just drove me into digging into the stories and then here we are really it's elaborate story well you're time. younger than i am so i'm not going to say by how much but like so you actually got to come of age during a time where you had internet access. Yeah, yeah. No, I say I was raised by a chat room. That's yeah. the joke. Yeah, so when it, when, once you started to get post-puberty and it became a thing that, you know, you were like, okay, this is going to be a part of my life. Like, how did you explore it? Was it through? Um, I think it was mostly through uh, initially fan fiction. DeviantArt That's used, a big one, yeah. DeviantArt used to have a lot of really, like, good, good kinky slash fic. Like, there was this one series about this, like, guy who, like, seduces a college student and she just becomes his like let's jet around slave and it was like 25 episodes deep because it was all this other person did so i read a lot of that there was several really formative like fix running around like uh I, there was one called john.com that was about a guy who like gets hired to do porn but then can't leave the house that he was hired into and you're watching him deal with being a captive while also playing with like homoerotic undertones between him and his captor and it was it was really hot <laughs> and so i definitely did that and then like tumblr was relevant right it's like out. a better love story than twilight right yeah there. i mean I don't, everything is but like um <laughs> so it definitely like the internet was key oh yeah pre like, pre uh whatever the fuck it was tumblr yeah yeah like i don't know what i would have done without the internet but the internet caught me real hard because i got on to chat rooms and i got on to the internet probably younger than i should have and just immediately was like, so what's out here, y'all? Um, though Did you I never any, like online role play, or is it was just more just talking amongst other people who were sharing the same experiences. Um, I never did anything that was dirty role play. <laughs> I did really boring role play. That was something that I remember everyone talked about. It was like, well, I got into RP. Yeah, I mean, I was always into RP. It was just really tame RP. And then I'd like go and find um, short stories on the internet. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Tumblr kicked in, and it turns out that my primary form of entertainment is gifts. Because I don't, I don't go to traditional sites. I don't watch videos. None of that is interesting to me. But GIFs. Mm-hmm. Because, like, I fantasize in, like, clip form. Like, it's always, like, a three-second, like, this motion is pretty. Yeah. Or this texture is nice. Mm-hmm. Or, like, ooh, look at the curve of that, like... Or look at this person's face. Yeah. Or look at this face. Yeah, I've, I've seen a couple of GIFs where I'm just like, oh, wow. Yeah. Shit. And so, like, betw- and so like uh, I think at 18... 
maybe 18, we're going to say 18, uh, I started a Tumblr and it was like the longest blog I've ever kept that was just me hoarding gift sets. <laughs> the idea of... I mean, you just described most of Tumblr. So. Yeah, I mean, the idea initially was that I was genuinely making a blog that I could present to my partner as a nonverbal way to be like, hello, this I'm kinky, yeah. please be mean to me. <laughs> and it got, I got really into it. Like when Tumblr finally burned down, it was genuinely emotional because I felt like I had like lost my whole like sexual So many people lost. I mean, and when I look back now, because I used to, I mean, I still have mine on there. I mean, there's a lot of people who say that they, they have theirs on there. It's just only visible to them now. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, I locked everything down, I think. Um, I keep needing to back it up. But basically the scare happened and... I'm sure some of y'all saw it. I panicked and kind of burned a lot of things down. And um, it's Did you think they were going to just like release the info to the public or something? No, I was convinced they were going to permanently ban me and I was going to have to like rebuild from the grand, ground up some branding. Like mm -hmm. that, that was my big scare with basically all the social media platforms was that everything was going to get burned down and then just literally years mm -hmm. of developing relationships would be gone and that would it was really scary having like years and years like the the longest running thing i've ever done just gone was terrifying i uh, i'm currently um every time we make a new post on tumblr it gets flagged and it'll be like this might be you, you know even though the girls are wearing one pieces and yeah. jeans and you know bikinis yeah it'll just be like yeah this could be potentially an adult uh post and i'm just like did who Who's actually viewing this? Like, who's actually call making these calls? I don't think anyone is anymore. Yeah. We think it's robots. It's really depressing, though. And I lost, like, people I had also been following yeah. for years. Mm -hmm. Like, um... Like, oh, they left? Yeah, like, a lot of couples that... Because, like, I used to follow blogs that were, like, relationships. Because I like watching that dynamic play out. So you had some really, like, cute age play ones and some really long-term master slave ones that are really serious and really inspiring and then everybody's took it down all at once poof. yeah yeah and so and so people whose lives i had been quote in quote quote for years just gone forever um it's really kind of tragic I, I assume everybody's still living their lives and doing I'm sure super cool kinky things i wish i could be a part of it more <laughs> um and like it burned down a lot of communities and it's just really sad mm -hmm. i mean something something's gonna pop up i mean i Truly. actually joined a couple of years ago, uh, joined Fat, Fat Life just to do like an SKW profile there, and yeah. it's not bad. It's not, you know, it's it's not as bad as it used to be. Fat Life's gotten more tolerable. Yeah, it's um, not. It's not as bad. Yeah, that's what I keep hearing. It's not as bad as it used to be. Yeah, I, I'm still waiting for another site that has a chat room feature because it's like the only site that had that. Yeah, for I would years. love to see like a Facebook version of of. That would be yeah. dope. Um, I know, like, Collar Me used to have a big chat room scene, but also it's a trash pit. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so like. It's kind of a trade-off if you want to be there, but like as someone who was raised by chat rooms, um, I would prefer to do that. Mm -hmm. uh, I would prefer that to be how I interact with my community, but you know, say lovey. So um, if someone walked, so if you walked into, uh, let's say, a job interview and mm -hmm. someone said, hey, what are your primary kinks or fetishes, what would you say? Because obviously we both know that there's a difference between a kink and a difference between a fetish. That's true. Um, I feel like my top ones is that I am... Definitely before anything else, I'm a service a submissive. Mm -hmm. um, and like, I feel like I had some formal training doing like proper 24 7 slave stuff that has kind of squished out in my old age. Yeah. Um, I'm much more, much more into age play than anyone ever anticipated. Um, but I think that that's really common with people who are very stressed out with their day to day life. Sometimes 
you want space where you can feel dumb. Um, we do a lot of pet play really into that. Um, I switch with different um, people sometimes, so every now and again I'm in charge, but it's a really giggly, singy kind of dommy dom. Mm -hmm. um, I like to build elaborate narratives around people um, and like why our dynamic exists, because if there's no story, what's the point? Um, it's I, a lot like LARPing. It is. It's really just sexy LARPing. That's, the, that's, that's my <laughs> ideal. It's sexy LARPing where I get hit. Um, I do a lot of heavy impact with the right people, mm -hmm. it's really, I'm really into humiliation with consenting partners. Don't y'all get ideas though, I'm watching you. Uh, <laughs> like that can be really fun. A lot of it is just taking things that like are really upsetting in real life and contextualizing them into something that is important. Because at all times, I'm very, like I am the best girl. Which means that like even when I'm like being called terrible things, I'm important because I'm those terrible things. Yeah. And recontextualizing, being a little dumb into it being cute is sure. really freeing as someone who has had to really intellectually perform my whole life and has been slotted as a gifted child for so long being in a space where like it's adorable but i just can't even is so comforting yeah. um so those are probably like my top ones like that's what i participate in daily like i'm in a daily relationship where like i'm a little baby kitten and that's just what I do. I mean, yeah, and I've I've seen a lot of that. I've had a lot of uh, you know private play sessions with people who are, uh, um, you know, they they inhabit that kind of um, extremely submissive state mm -hmm. of mind, and there's always a backstory. Yeah. Oh, there's so much backstory. Like one of my favorite games is to like force my partners into telling me like my origin story back to me. <laughs> it's, it's like how little kids are like, okay, tell me how I was born. I'm like, okay, cool. Tell me how you found me on the side it of the is. road. It's almost like D&D. &D. Like someone, uh, uh, at one point this girl came over and she was just like, okay, here's what I like, here's what I'm into. By the way, at some point I'm going to probably say this to you, which is going to come out as wanting to top from the bottom. But in reality, right. I just really need to say this to you so you can shut it down. Yeah. And keep... that'll keep that going. And it's very intricate. Oh, it is. It's so intricate. And like some... People are really into building it. Like, I have a... a yeah, it's like world building. <laughs> it is. It's, it is world building. Like, I, I like to say that storytelling is one of my kinks now. Mm. Like, I have a, a submissive who we have determined was genetically engineered to be the best possible, like, pet ever. And was, in fact, very expensive. And, like, it makes them real happy when you're like, you were a very pricey purchase. <laughs> and, and, like, we've, we've, put, we've spent a lot of time building the, like ins and outs of this world like it gets really nerdy and i think that that's the that's key good, for kink for me is that like we're all a bunch of nerds because you're just really nerdy about i've had play life. sessions sometimes where it'll be a continuing storyline it is mm -hmm. like kind of running it's like running um uh what do they call it a campaign yeah during oh. an rpg oh it definitely is and like getting to be in those relationships long enough to develop that is really cool like um i've had really long-term relationships where by we're like, the mythology has gotten perhaps bigger than us, and I think that's beautiful. And I think that's really what I'm into, is the story. Mm -hmm. um, that's, I think that's why I liked the 24-7 slave stuff when I was younger, was because there is so much story it's just continuous built in. Because um, that's my ideal, is that I would always, is that I always want a 24-7 dynamic of some kind. I don't know what that was. <laughs> um, 
No, and that's that's very true, and uh, that's that's exciting to, to hear that because like I thought like only like myself and a few other people have experienced that, and it's a lot of fun. Yeah, no, I think I think honestly, well, that we know a lot of people are into it, and all of us feel like no one else could possibly be this dorky right? about it. Right. Um, and it's hilarious to me finding folks who are like, "Oh, you too," because mm-hmm. like ultimately, I think more people are than you'd imagine, but it does take a lot of work. Like you don't get to be lazy about your role play at that point like it can't just be like i'm a sexy nurse and i'm gonna do sex like what's my character's motivation yeah like why am i here like what drove me to become a nurse right (laughs) is Uh, my mother a nurse and she just forced me into the world i mean like um like i have a whole (laughs) elaborate like why i'm a broken ai doll like i was definitely built in somebody's basement of course and then left in the trash like a chobit and it just sort of spirals out from there um, That's great. Yeah, so I'm my primary kink and or fetish in the sense that you need fetishes to is, be subservient. It's probably yeah. It's it's definitely service. It's definitely submission and it's definitely story based mm-hmm. with a heavy bent towards like I like impact. I'm a lot sturdier than people think I am. I am what we call a heavy bottom. Mm-hmm. Uh, I enjoy that a lot. Um, but getting to be in a point where I don't feel like I have to Are we to talking be, about thuddy or stingy? Definitely thuddy. Stingy. That's, see, I can't, do, I can't do stingy to somebody else. I can only do thuddy. Yeah. Stingy is really rare. I've, I, have, I have a sub who likes stingy, and I think that they are a freak of nature. I, I, that I had one girl do that to me at a party. Uh, you know who you are, goddammit. You press listening <laughs> to this fucking... She's one of our wrestlers. And she was just like... She was pissed at me, and she was just like... Uh, we were at a club. It was like a fetish club. And she's like, I'm going to take this out on you. And I'm like, all right, sure. We have this argument. All right, after this this little session, then argument's over. And she hit me with a cane. And I didn't know it was okay. going to be a cane. I thought it was going to be just like a little like a flogger. And five minutes in, I was like, fucking no. Oh, yeah. Like, I can I can take study to the point that, like, my partners will be like, I'm tired. And mm-hmm. I would, like, rest. You, This is too much, man. That's but, great. But, like, stingy, I'm just immediately gone like you get one hit and i'm like i'm done yeah i'm good like i was hit with a really stingy panel paddle once once like someone had built it for me they hit at me with it once and i was literally across the room (laughs) um it was just like not today satan um but like where is the chips in it yeah but like that is the dream like i managed to find uh at fetish con a few years ago i went in with like i'm gonna find the biggest vlogger in this room that's, I'll have to show you the one we just bought over at Valcon. Mm, oh, it's 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 a monster. But yeah. We call mine the truck because it hits you like a truck. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's it's it was like sli- a slightly messed up custom. It's big and it's elk and it feels like someone punched you in the back. Mm-hmm. <sighs> it's the best. It's so relaxing. It's like the best. I could take a nap to it. I think, which I don't know is everybody's preferred response. But like it's so zen. Like sometimes I have to have the crazy beaten out of me. Like if I'm just like I've taken naps after. Yeah. Like where it's like because I I'm, I'm a switch, but like I tend to lean towards being more of a dom when it comes mm-hmm. to the thuddy stuff. Like we we have like our whole setup downstairs. We can just like really you know take our time. But there was um oh, sorry something in my throat. <clears> throat. Um but yeah there were there were moments there where like. We would watch people um, get put into straitjackets, mm-hmm. and they would just go to bed. They just kind of fall into this nice deep sleep, and oh, it's yeah. because of this like loss of control. And it's so comforting. Yeah, it's very comforting. I used to date somebody who uh, we do date night or date weekends, where I was literally tied to the bed the whole time because the house was just tiny enough mm-hmm. that I could like kind of get to the t- kitchen and I could get to the bathroom, and that was it. Um, and it was so nice. Like I slept so well. Like it was just really. 
comforting. It's like um, being in a hug the whole time. Like mm-hmm. falling asleep with someone's hand on your throat is like the coziest yeah. thing. Yeah, um, I had uh, someone described the straitjacket experience to like the the human um, equivalent to a dog and a calm coat. Yeah, I could see that. It's like a thunder coat. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but let's go back a little bit because I want to discuss one of the there's there's a couple of ones that you mentioned. One of them that's probably new to a few of our fans. Another one that's more taboo. Mm-hmm. So one of them is pet play. Mm-hmm. So a lot of our fans haven't really been exposed to that because we really haven't talked to anybody who's into it. So can you kind of walk us through what the process is for that? Describe it a little bit. Well, that's fascinating because I assumed it was so mainstream right now. I mean, there's I'm sure um, there's people out there who have heard of it, but right. like, you're actually actively you it's, know, participating. It's true. So um, so pet play is where uh, you have someone usually the submissive role is in the pet position mm-hmm. um, I'm sure some people have managed to shake it up and brought it to them but um, usually you know you it is the idea that you are literally someone's pet you're performing as the animal that you tend to associate with it's a bit okay so you're like three steps away from being a furry so you generally have an animal that you associate with and I don't hate furries, okay? Like furries, I no, really, it's just, <laughs> I really respect the art of furries. I would like it's to say it's just less of a costume purchase. It is less of a costume, <laughs> purchase. And, and so like um, people tend to gravitate towards one or the other. Um, very occasionally, I'll do puppy play, which is a lot more trick oriented, where it's like, can you be good and follow commands? Whereas I spend, I would say, maybe seventy five percent of my day as a cat. Um, which I know sounds ridiculous and doesn't actually change how... No, I've worked, I, well, I've worked with, but like I've had, once again, moments or sessions with, with certain play partners that mm-hmm. like to do kitten play. Right, and like a lot of it is just performing cuteness. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of it is just doing cute things as performance art. Like I really love it when the cuteness is appreciated as an I am doing a thing for you. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a lot of that. It's a lot of being like fussy and like being really aware of how you're moving and stuff. And so really you're just rolling around as a little cat and like cats aren't expected to be capable of adults. Cats can't do dishes. Cats don't even have thumbs, man. I am decorative. Um, And so like, it's really relaxing personally. Like I get called kitten a lot, which is really funny because for a while it was just like a cute pet name or like one person. And now like, you can't know me really well really closely for like more than a couple months without eventually calling me a cat yeah. uh it just happens um i've had a couple people be like is it okay i just nothing else seems appropriate and i'm like yeah no it's inevitable it's it's okay i know what it is um so a lot of it is just performing in ways that are adorable and like think cat girl like anime cat girl what what are your what is your actual does it vary in terms of attires what you're wearing that day and you're performing or uh i don't know i don't sometimes i don't do the costume i have a collection of cat ears that are fancy uh i have a a couple cat tails that are fancy Mm -hmm. and so really the goal is less to look like a cat because again i'm not a furry just to act Um, like one yeah, well, and to go for cat girl, like the classic anime cat girl, mm. where like you got the ears and you got the tail, but you're it's mostly that plus lingerie. So mm. like you're just being as cutesy as possible um, while also you know being fussy. Like we don't get as animally as some people do, but like I'll roll around and I'll pounce on things and I'll you know declare that I'm an apex predator and like try to hunt down my partners and stuff. <laughs> Despite the fact that I'm a tiny tiny cat. Um, we'll have to have you as like a cheetah or something. Yeah. Like that. Just like attacking somebody. We've done, actually Sumiko did one of the where she was like a, a leopard and she attacked mm-hmm. somebody and like bites a gazelle. 
who's like another actress. Uh, Bambi and I talked about doing one for a while where she was going to be a lion who was hunting me in her backyard. And I was like, I volunteer. Um, As tribute. Yeah. And I have a bunch of cute little collars. Like I always have a collar on and my favorite one has a bell and it's, it's, oh, that's great. It's cutesy stuff. Mostly it's just an excuse to be cutesy. Um, but okay. yeah. Um, and to get pets and stuff. Like it's a really good way to be like, I am an animal you must care for. Yep. Like you have to, you have to make sure I'm fed because I am bad at doing that. For the myself. first time I think I ever experienced that uh, was puppy play. It was mm-hmm. uh, it was one of my closest friends. Uh, I probably won't say her name, but she was. Uh, we were at Frolicon, and I was watching somebody in the dungeon getting worked over, mm-hmm. and it was really fun because like it was somebody who was like just really. It was a good show, mm-hmm. uh, and she just kind of like crawls over to me and puts her head on my lap, and she starts doing these little sounds and stuff, and I'm like, oh, what's this? And she's just like. You know, just kind of didn't give me any verbal cues. It was just mm-hmm. like, oh, I see what's going on. Mm-hmm. So it's all about you said it, the pets and the touching and like being very like you know scratchy, scratchy. And she loved it. And yeah. I was like, oh fuck, this is new to me. Like I'd never experienced that. Yeah, it's really fun. I feel like it can be really cute, and it's a really good way to handle going nonverbal because ultimately all of my like stuff that I do all the time is just making a game out of care. Mm-hmm. Um, because like as a person, I require a lot of assistance, and it's. If you put a game around it, it's not embarrassing to need help mm. because cats need help sometimes. And like, I'm forever building on it. Like, I relatively recently started. Um, I'll make biscuits on people as a way to be like, I need attention, so I'll sort of meet <laughs> on them. Uh, I uh, will meow in grocery stores as a homing mechanism. Like, if I'm separated from someone. I'll meow and then they'll meow and we'll find each other, which led to like this really doofy moment in the grocery store the other week where like um, I meowed and I heard another meow and I went, cool. So I start going down the aisle and I meow again and I hear another meow and I like block eyes with this other couple who is clearly doing the same thing. And we're both just like, you're not. You're not my kid and commander. And I like, just sort of zipped off and uh, zipped off. And it was like super funny because like great. there are definitely other people that do that. It means that all my startle noises... In the same grocery store, I love Yes. It. And, like, all my startle noises are cat noises. Um, it's real ridiculous. We're everywhere. Yeah. Um, the kinksters are taking over the world. Oh, they are. They are. And, um, yeah, really it's just an excuse to, like, seek out affection without being verbal. Because, mm. like, animals get to do that. Yeah. Um, and I'm a big fan of, like, sense play and, like, you know, touching and, and scratching yeah. and grazing. So there's a... I think that's, that's something that appealed to me when I did it with my friend... Because I was just like, oh, I get, I get it. You know, it's not about once again with fetish. It's not about sex. You know, no. I mean, it, it can obviously be that could be a pre- that could be present, mm-hmm. but it's all about this other experience and keying into these other things that make you feel fantastic and warm right. and comfortable. I feel like my kink leads into sex maybe maybe fifteen percent of the time. Yeah, you and me both. And um, which is great because it also means that you can explore it on like a friendship level without it having to be a thing. Like I really love that I can spend an afternoon like taking care of someone in a way that doesn't feel bad to them and we both walk away fine and no one had to cross a sexual boundary we didn't have to upgrade our relationship like you just get to do something that makes both of you feel super shiny fantastic and go on about your day and it turns out we're all like adults right I know amazing right I Um, mean it's a weird concept to introduce it's it's hard for me to grok sometimes and like getting to a point where I can just be like well I would like to do this with you because I want to experience this kind of comfort with you has been just profound and it means that 
I no longer feel like I have to be in a serious business relationship to like mm -hmm. really experience kink every day because there are softer ways to do it and there's ways to do it that don't have to demand that you be sexually available 24-7 because mm -hmm. that's totally unrealistic. Yeah, speaking of which, <laughs> someone just demanded attention from me. My cat is on my chest now because yeah. she was just like, hey, you guys are talking about me. Because <laughs> I'm, the, I'm the real deal, Holyfield. Um, so the other one that I think is a little more, um, uh, I guess, more taboo would be the age play. Oh, it's definitely still taboo. Like, there are definitely people, there are people that you and I know who are still unable to cope with it in mm. their presence. And like, I totally get that. I get that. There's a lot of reasons to be really, really uncomfortable with it. Can you describe the nature of yours? Because I know there's a lot of different uh, different kinds of, of play in the spectrum. There are. Um, so mine is less oriented on an actual age. Some people get very attached to their age. Like I know people who are very adamant about how, quote, old they are. Mm -hmm. um, mine ties into the cat stuff a lot. So it's less that I'm, you know, a child and more that I'm a little cat girl. So like it feels a little bit less sketchy. So it mixes in with the with the cat play. Yeah, so like I'm a baby kitten. Gotcha. Um where like I don't know, it goes so you have um littles, which are in the I'd say toddler to maybe six range. Yeah. Um and then you have well maybe a little older than that. Um and then you have middles that are more like tweens. Um and then you have I don't remember what the word is for folks that mostly play it being like 16-ish. And for a lot of folks, it's a way to recapture your childhood. Like, it's less about like, ooh, I think this age group is sexy, because no, no, we don't think they, I, I don't think kids. So it's more like no. just recapturing. I mean, it, yeah, it's, it's, you're regressing, but in your own in your own mind. Yeah, you're regressing to. in a safe space. So like. Because um, I used to be that guy. I used to be that guy who was like, oh, fuck, age play? No, get that away from me. Oh, I mean, I did too. For year, years, I was like, no, I am not participating. I weird. still have friends who are just like, no. Yeah, no, I know. And it makes them really uncomfy. And I totally get that. But like, um, so like, it took me years to broach the subject of daddy. I had to, I used the word daddy for myself for years before I got someone who thought maybe it would be cool for them to be called that because yeah. no one was interested in it. And I knew no one would be, but like, the more something squeaks me out, the more likely I am to be into it in about three years. <laughs> uh, like if I'm like, ew, that makes me uncomfortable, I will be super into it in five years, give it time. Um, so like, it's been a process. Like it was not possible until, I don't know, the last three years maybe, to find someone who was like really excited to be called daddy, mm. um, or like I'll call them things that translate into that, um, that like, you wouldn't nail it as that if you heard it out loud in person, um, but it still means daddy. Um, and like, it's... Well, we have like one of my uh, friends who's a, a very much a, a top or, or a dom. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's what she goes by. I use daddy. If mm -hmm. I'm going to be toppy, I'm almost always mm -hmm. daddy because that's how I dom. It's, a, it's very... a weird, it's, it's a weird, kind, it's a different uh, form of that word. It's not so much um, father, you know. No. Father. It's more just like big tough persona i tend to associate with caretaker yeah because like as so many people mm. i did not have a good relationship with my father and i never called him that mm. like literally i don't remember ever using that word for my father and if anything it's uh this is this is the word for someone who will provide care and not leave and i know that that sounds like daddy issues but also i take offense at the concept of that because mm. like 
daddy issues are the result of someone else being shitty. Like, that shouldn't be... Yeah, it shouldn't be lumped uh, onto uh, the victim. Right, and so, like, I take it as a way of being, like, this is a place to get nurturing and care with someone who won't leave and won't treat me like, like crap because that is not what daddies do. Daddies take care of you. Daddies stay. Daddies make sure that you're all right and, like, that you've eaten today and that you go to bed at a reasonable hour. Mm -hmm. um, and really, it's a fun way of being, like, it's okay that I need that because I'm just a little baby. Like, babies can't necessarily always know what to do. Babies get overwhelmed sometimes. They have panic attacks. It's fine because you're just a little baby. And, like, it's really freed up so many of my relationships to have context where I can just look at them and be like, I'm just a little baby today and I just don't have it in me to handle this situation. And it's a way to send up a bat signal and be like, can you please help take care of me? And they're like, of course I will, because you're a little baby. And it's that's what a, you do. It's, it sounds like it's a different incarnation of typical BDSM. Oh, it is. Or even like master-slave kind of relationship. It's definitely it's like a softened version of that because I found with master-slave, because I was really into, I'm still really into that, is the idea that your slave always has to be on. Mm. They're the ones providing the service and the care. They're the people who are attending to your needs before you know that you have those needs. Mm -hmm. And I think that there is something really beautiful and anticipatory service. And the age play stuff kind of reverses that into it is totally reasonable to expect my tops to anticipate that like I need to be taken care of and mm -hmm. that I might have needs too. And so that way we can both play two games at once where I am a very good anticipatory service sub. Like anticipatory service is my jam. Um, and you define that for the fans? Um, anticipatory service is based around the idea that you... Actually pause that. So I'm going to do this. I have to pee really bad. Okay. So let me take a pause. All right. I think I'm officially tipsy, too, so I might be kind of bad looking. No, no, you're doing great. You're actually giving me information that I, I don't think I've ever... Um, is it running? Okay. Get back in my spot. <clears throat> so what is anticipatory service? Uh, so the idea is that um, you are paying attention enough to the person that you are with and also generally have ideas of what they need to where you, like if they're thirsty, they have a drink before they really have a chance to ask for it. Um, like you, you notice when things are getting low and you just fix it. And like as a type A personality who likes to be helpful. It's really satisfying, like, swooping in and having someone be like, oh, can you do this, please? And it's like, oh, I did it 10 minutes ago. Um, it's satisfying. Um, it hits the part of me that really likes competency porn, which is, like, the idea of watching someone be very good at what they do. So being so good that, like, you fixed a problem before it was ever brought to you. So What's a good example of uh, competency porn? Uh, scandal. <laughs> I, like, I don't, I don't mean like porn. Oh, the show? Yeah, I don't mean like porn porn. I mean no, like... No, I know what you mean. Like right. literally watching people be great at It's like jobs. watching food porn. Right, right. So like scandal's really good because you get to watch um, Olivia Pope just be like super killer until the later seasons. But early yeah. on, you're just watching them be really good at their jobs or like um, there's a so show called Leverage, which is basically a group of like thievy types who are like breaking into places for justice or whatever. And it's like watching like a really high level D&D &D game with a bunch of rogues. So it's like watching like Ocean's Eleven and stuff. Like yeah, that, you're just right? watching people be really good at what they do. Mm -hmm. And like, I really like it when people are good at what they do. So the goal is to always match that. So like my ideal would be providing perfect service 24 seven, but that's not realistic. So we've had to like, 
I mean, most butlers can't do that. No, and like it's <laughs> and it's not what adult relationships look like when everybody's working like full time jobs yeah. and like you got wives and you're dating multiple people. Like, there's it's nothing's gonna look like the fantasy erotica that I read when I was twelve because that's ridiculous. So like it's been a series of allowing myself to create multiple games so that way, like on days when I feel really on. I can have elaborate rules that I have to remember because I love rules. Rules mm -hmm. are beautiful. I'm someone who reads manuals for fun. <laughs> like I used to get really into like conduct manuals when I was in school because they'd make new ones every year. And I don't know why. I, I don't follow rules very well, but I like knowing what they are. Yeah. <laughs> um, and just kind of going from that and like creating context where you don't have to necessarily be that on, but I like a world where one could be, you know. Um, I mean, that could be why you've um, adapted to the wrestling really well. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it is very rule-oriented. It is. It's really rule-oriented. You, you know your role, you know your lines, and you know what you're supposed to be doing. And I, I like things where I know exactly what is expected of me. There's no question. There's no ambiguity. I, like, I hate the, like, is this the right thing? Am I performing correctly? Like anxiety mm -hmm. that happens in social relationships. So like anything I can do to be like, of course I am because I'm doing what I was told is so relaxing. Um, like the other day I, um, I was a bad, bad baby and called out of work because I was not feeling very well. And like the way that we made it okay was that I was told that I had to stay home. And I was like, is it bad for me to call it work? It's like, well, maybe, but it's good for you to do what you're told. So I guess you're going to stay home, huh? Um, and it really helped with the fact that I was probably going to be anxious the whole day otherwise. Mm -hmm. um, and that's really a lot of it is making context where I can feel, you know, okay about what's happening around me. And I think a lot of people do it that way. A lot of it is just creating context. It's like you go to your boss, like, just, just command me to stay at home. <laughs> <laughs> Make this easy for me. Right? I've I've definitely like had managers who were very commanding where I'm like, this is this is fun. <laughs> like I am um, making all those sandwiches today. Right? <laughs> um and like no, it does lead to little tantrums where I'm like, don't they know that I'm just a baby? Like why <laughs> why do they want me to do this complicated tech task? Like they clearly don't know that they're dealing with like a tiny baby cat who <laughs> is apparently supposed to like. Who also enjoys job. rules. Right. <laughs> <laughs> It's, it's a slippery slope. It is a slippery slope, and I feel like it's all just building hacks for your brain. Like You're a like, lot thank of you for, hacking myself. Thank you for giving me those tasks. They're mm -hmm. very sexy, but however, I don't have thumbs. <laughs> <laughs> so you're gonna have to meet me in the middle there, buddy. <laughs> oh my god! Right though. How much? How many of these involve purring? <laughs> <laughs> Could I perhaps take a nap in the middle of it? Like, Wait, that one where you asked me to make biscuits? Like literal biscuits? I can, I can do that. I can do that. I, I got that. Yeah. I have practice for it. Yes. Um, and we have flour. <laughs> but uh, no, that sounds that sounds very exciting and adventurous and mm -hmm. it sounds like very uh, harmless. Yeah. And that's yeah. one of the things I think I, when I, you know, I've said this before on the podcast, but you know, five years ago, if someone had come to me and said I was an age play guy or age play girl, I would have just been like, ew, get out of my apartment. Yeah, well, it's because we think of it so much as the, like, daddy little girl, like, I'm going to be lecturing Or just somebody who was pretending to be, like, a, you know, a toddler in diapers, which, once again, yeah. I, I go to that now. Because I saw, I was watching a documentary just on that, mm -hmm. mostly because one of my friends was in it. I was like, oh, my friend's doing giant test porn, and he's in this. And then the next segment was, was age play. Yeah. And everyone in the room was like, fucking ew, gross, fast forward. And I was like, hold on a second. Let's just watch this, because this is literally a 35-year-old woman 
with a 40-year-old man, and he has a daddy role, she has the baby role, and I don't see any kids in the fucking room. Mm -mm. They're just trying to exercise this kink uh, as adults. Yeah, um, and I don't... Consensual. Yeah, consensual, and I don't know very... I don't think I know anyone directly who... um, has anything that has anything to do with real children like i definitely have been approached by people online who were like i have these urges and i would like to deal with them in a way that doesn't ever handle children well i'm very comfortable with that as a producer too it's the equivalent of someone wanting to be a cat but then there could be a guy across the street trying to actually open like open up a cat and get inside of it It's a little different it's than a little someone different. pretending to be it, a kitten. It is, and like, I don't know, like... Sorry, Ken, she looked at me like, what was that? Um, and like, there's definitely extremes that I, I don't want to deal with. The diaper stuff's a little too much for me. Yeah. I don't... I'm not an actual infant. Well, you're also probably not into the... that kind of fluid play. No, no, I, uh, I have very real, not at all a joke OCD, and the idea of doing something that involves that is... Yeah. Too much for me. Can't handle it. You and me both. But like, and, and it was a hard like. No, I can't even be in the same room as this. And then there was like a couple on Tumblr, and honestly, this couple was really pivotal for me for a long time because I was not willing to be open about being into this really until watching them. And they're really into their diapers, and they're really into like really going hard into it. And it was so freeing watching like this couple express so much love for each other. Um, through this context and well, yeah and if you're both on the same wavelength i get it right well and like um they were using like for the longest time dumb was on the table you can't call me dumb i'm a smart kid okay uh-huh. um and this really created a context where like it's okay for me to have dumb moments and suddenly for the first time in my life it's totally acceptable to be like oh no man i'm a dumb baby because like <laughs> i because like it's never been acceptable for me to say I just don't know about like anything. I, I, I really feel like I should be able to use that with my wife. <laughs> like, you know what? You just asked me a question. I don't know the answer because I'm a dumb babe. I do it all the time. All th- like, the problem is that sometimes I forget it's not an okay, like, innate response <laughs> to someone. Because, like, I was, I know I was at the grocery store with someone who, like, I don't do that with. And they were like, well, what do you want for dinner? And I'm like, I don't know, man. I'm just a baby. And they're like, what? <laughs> well, That's not an here, answer. Here's the Gerber section. Right? Have you done that? Have you ever been fed? like? Uh, no, okay. not, not like that. I've never done baby food. Okay. Um, I have been fed applesauce and stuff because I have a lot of food aversion. Like as a person, mm-hmm. it's very hard to find food that I can eat. So like a major aspect of care for us is definitely that like my my daddy types will like I've had someone put me in a car and drive me around until something looked like food. And then they will sit me down with it and they will feed me chicken nuggets like I'm a little kid. It's so much easier than cooking. It is so nice, too, because, like, it's really embarrassing to be like, I know that you just cooked me dinner, but it's not food. And I, it would be food, but tonight it's not food and I can't eat. And they're like, well, that's fine. You're a baby. Babies are picky. And then so they what just about in a regular social situation? Let, let, let's say I called you up and I'm like, hey, you know what? Um, you're not doing anything. I'm not doing anything. Let's go get some dinner or something. Yeah. And would you be the same way or would you be like, take me somewhere nice? Um, I would have to see a menu first. <laughs> no, like that's the deal is you can't ask me to go to a restaurant and uh, not oh, not let me look up the menu because I'm I'm really painfully picky. Uh, I'm like a really adventurous. Like, are there any chicken nuggets at this Italian restaurant? Okay, I can eat adult food. Okay, like I like I like nice food. I'm a giant nerd for nice food. Actually, oh, me too. Yeah. like my primary comfort is feeding me nice things. Like if I'm sad, 
Oh, you and my wife should hang out. Yeah, man. Like, <laughs> buy me dinner and I'm so much happier. Like, it's consistent. <laughs> um, it took me years to convince my partners that, like, all you have to do when I'm sad is buy me something nice to eat. And, like, I'm a pretty adventurous eater, too. Like, I'll try a lot of things. Well, that's good. But I have to know what's going to be on the menu. Yeah. So you, you'd have to show me a menu. So, don't, like, don't surprise me with, like, taking me to some, like, a Pakistani restaurant. And suddenly I'm like, I can't no. eat any of this. No, exactly. I'll just have a tiny little meltdown. Oh, wait, I've had Pakistani food. It's fucking amazing. But... Oh, it's so good. Yeah. Um, my partners always order for me. Mm. Like I, I haven't ordered at a restaurant for myself in years. Really? Uh, I maybe once or twice. I feel I, like that was. Oh, I, I, I was reading about how that was just such a huge insult to do. Um, I, I ask for it. I also used to enjoy the fact that um, wait staff are told to watch for it. And I know this is a bad trick to play on people, but I hear that wait staff like keep an eye out for that to see if like maybe you're not okay and I used to really enjoy playing that game of like are we okay? Hmm. Maybe I am a captive little girl. And that's a mean game to play with weight stuff. And we've kind of stopped leaning into <laughs> it. But like baby me thought it was hilarious. Um, to what, be, what, what, what would be the cues? Like, um, like uh, the idea was that, and this was years ago, like years ago, I've gotten much nicer to weight stuff. Don't worry y'all. But like, um, back in the day, uh, like my partner would come into town cause he was out of town and he would, um, like, we'd order with, like, his hand, like, really around my wrist, and he'd be like, she's gonna have this. Well, I, like, oh. would never look up, and it was so much fun. I had the best time. Uh, and Did they, like, slide you a note? Like... Oh, we, we'd talk about it before they came over. They'd be like... So... <laughs> Blink twice <laughs> if you're... If you need help. <laughs> no, one, no one ever investigated. Literally no one ever asked if I was okay. But it felt... Oh, most, most waitresses are like, I got too much shit going on in my life. I'm not going to throw myself into it. A... Right. But it felt like a fun, saucy little game. And into a CSI situation. And now we do it, like, I'll do it in front of parents sometimes. Like, if I have a partner with me, they will still lean over and be like, what do you want? And they'll still order for me in front of, like, my mom. Because it's just... A, it's easier. I, it's so much easier, and it's easier for me to interact after. But they have to know what you like. Yeah, they have to know what I like, or we'll have little conferences beforehand. Yeah. Um, That's what I was thinking. I was like, they can't just go like, yeah, she'll have shrimp, and you're like, well, I have a shellfish allergy. No, no, it's it's never someone it's never someone who has no idea what I eat, and it's never off the cuff. I'm generally asked beforehand, and because I chronically check menus, I know what I'm going to eat hours before you know what you're going to eat. So, like, you'll have plenty of time to find out what I'm ordering. Mm -hmm. um, and usually if something has to be changed, I can interject. But, like, it's the little things. Like, I'm really into, like, tiny protocol, which is generally, for y'all who don't know, protocol is rules, effectively. It's little tiny things that are expected to be done the same way every time. So for a lot of times, it's you always walk to the left of me, or, like, mm -hmm. you're always half a step behind, or, like, you, every time we meet, you kneel or something, you know, little, it depends on who you're playing with. Interesting, yeah. Um, and those are really hard to maintain 24-7 when you're really busy. So it boils down to lots of little things now. Like, I don't order for myself. Mm -hmm. And, like, I um, open the door for my tops and stuff. Like, little things that you wouldn't really catch if you weren't watching. Because I don't, I don't like playing scare the normie anymore. Um, I don't like making people be worried for my safety. I'm very safe. I'm perhaps safer than your average bear. So, like, I don't want to make people nervous, but it's nice. It reinforces that, you know, you are someone else's and that you're safe 
and that also maybe you don't have to talk to people when you have social anxiety, <laughs> you know? So those are uh, obviously hard kinks. Mm -hmm. uh, is there anything, um, the way that we describe fetish on the, on the podcast is something that has to be present for you to actually have a complete sexual experience. Right. Is there anything like that for you or is it just like, hey, we're just going to have sex and I'm going to have an orgasm? Uh, I mean, I feel like I could have vanilla sex, but like, why? I, <laughs> I don't think I can without story. I don't necessarily need my partner to be telling me that story, but I will have an elaborate story in Do my head. Do you mean like a 20 sided dice into the uh... <laughs> I should though. Um, <laughs> I have actively intentionally LARPed through kinky things before. Like I was in a performance troupe and we literally, a performance troupe where we did fetish performance on stage Yeah. back in the day when I was still cool. And um, we literally LARPed a kink scene where it was my character's interview because I, we were doing a, um, a temple that had temple whores, where the idea was that you would interact with the temple whores as a way to, like, um, pay tribute to this imaginary deity or whatever. That's how you got your blessings. Mm. And so I was being hired as one of those, and so we LARPed as that, as a way to, like, get into character for the performance art. And so sometimes it gets elaborate like that. But a lot of times I'm just telling myself a story. Um, so stories hard is, is a hard kink. It has to happen. Mm -hmm. There has to be some sort of service element. Well, if it has to happen, then that would be a fetish. Yeah, yeah. I have. Mm -hmm. a, I, so that's definitely the hard fetish. Just that there has to be a story. I would prefer to be submissive, but I'm definitely a switch with the right partner. Mm -hmm. So if nothing else, there has to be a story element, and there needs to be some sort of power exchange in whichever. What would you direction. call that? What would you call that particular fetish? Ah. Uh, because I don't think I'm, I, I don't think I can classify it. I I call it. I joke that it's a narrative fetish. No, that makes sense. Um, that's a good, that's a, actually that's a good. Uh, and and I consider it a love language too because mm -hmm. like I need it for for sexy things to happen, but also like you can tell how smitten I am with somebody by how many stories I tell about them mm -hmm. because like the more invested I am, they'll have multiple characters. Like I have partners who have like three or four characters. And they're all very distinct, and they're all in very distinct worlds, and I make elaborate Pinterest boards for them. Um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm crazy. Uh, so, like, you can tell how no, invested I am. the rest of the am. world is crazy. <laughs> this is awesome. But you can tell how invested I am by, like, how much story I build around someone. <laughs> um, and, like... So, do you, do, you, do you, like, just, like, one night, you'll be like, all right, tonight we're going to delve into this story. Yeah. Later. You have trigger words. Like, there are different mm. words that, like, indicate what game you're playing. So, like, if I'm really leaning into daddy then we're probably telling a story like that if i am really leaning into another word into like different words um we're probably changing the tone of the story and i'll start saying things that cue you into what kind of game i'm playing and then we kind of go from there sometimes you can go in saying explicitly like well we're gonna do a slave thing and that's what we're playing and you're just gonna lean into that um but like recently we were playing me and a partner were playing with a group and we hadn't talked about what we were doing at all. Like we had been taking turns with impact and we had no plan. And I decided that I was going to, um, because they like to be like, that's my booty. And I'm like, no, it's not. It's the property of the independent sovereign nation state of the gummy kitten. And I keep adding adjectives. It's gotten really silly. That's um, amazing. But like, and it just shows that like, in that, that cue of me being like, no, it's the sovereign independent nation states. Is, it feels like the intro to like Mad Max. Yeah, and it, and it means that you're going to play a bratty game. Like we spent the entire game with him trying to hit me enough to be like, yes, it's your booty. And I was like, no, it's not. And that was the entire game because that's Pretty the sure that was that's the script for Fury Road. Right? I mean, basically. Um, and, and Are you want to go to Guntown tonight? 
that's the game. You just you just use a couple phrases and you're like, this is the tone it's taking. We're gonna play this, and <laughs> generally the other partner like swerves into that, and you just kind of roll with it. It's it's very fluid. Very rarely do we sit down with a plan, but um, it's good. I feel like it might it it can match your moods and stuff. That's really cool. Yeah, and like I don't know what I'm into until suddenly I'm in the middle of it. Sometimes so like. That's, yeah, I, I think I feel the same way. I've been in situations, especially like at play parties or even at cons. Like, when I say cons, I pretty much mean frolic con, because fetish con is not that kind of con. Mm -hmm. um, uh, but uh, yeah, there's moments where someone, I'll just be in the middle of a scene, and suddenly I'm like, oh, I think this would be a good idea. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And um, everyone else will key into it and be like, yeah, this is a good narrative. Let's do this. Yeah, and I feel like that's really kink, the kink dynamic I enjoy the most is when you have people who can really play with cues like that like i feel like when you have good story chemistry it's a lot easier to seamlessly slip into like well this seems like it might be a sexy line and not a cheesy line suddenly so like let's well, how do you see. feel about like uh fear play and stuff like that when someone like i know there's there's people who like you know will lean in and whisper hor horrifying things to their um to the submissive and that's kind of one of the things that they are into. Uh, for me, it's not a thing. Like, mm -hmm. I, I'm not really one of my kinks, but I've heard that that's one of those things where it's like the, the fear of like actually being in danger. I am super into it, but mm -hmm. that's because I personally feel like as a LARPer, I've always said that fear is the most immersive um, emotion you can feel. Sure. Because everything else, if you think about it too hard, it's still almost, unless you're very lucky, it is almost always going to be you in your bedroom in a very standard setting and like there's it's hard to build fantasy around that and so like but fear fear is real fear like has a whole chemical reaction and fear will boil you into just one moment real fast mm -hmm. and so like i i used to say it wasn't a good scene until i had ugly cried like until i was just sobbing i was not done um because it was just such a distinct emotional you are truly in this moment because you're was it always fear-based or was it uh it was definitely fear and humiliation based for years because i've seen joy joy-based ugly crying that has that has happened more in my younger time it was definitely fear it was mm. all fear like either i need to be so humiliated or so afraid that i can't feel anything else mm -hmm. and that's immersive and that's well, i get it that's ideal um now right now one of my favorites is scary things are happening like things that are truly scary, like there's knives and there's, you know, like lots of intense beady beady while someone does really soft, tender things mm -hmm. while telling you scary things. Like getting a forehead kiss while someone explains that they're going to just absolutely destroy you is so yummy. It's so good. <laughs> like it's so nice getting to experience What's that the terminology sense of though? Care. Is it is it just I'm going to destroy you via this beating or I'm going to do something like life-threatening to you? Or? Uh, well, it depends on the game, the person. Um, I've definitely had threats on my life made. <laughs> um, which is fine. Um, there's been... Uh, you said that like you just tried like a new tea. <laughs> one thing oh uh, i like there was there was one person who i met literally the day of a performance and i would not do this again i was a much bolder person when this happened but like um we were performing together and the idea was that we were going to do a knife show ah. uh where See no there wasn't going to be any blood it was just going to be touching touching and like yeah. threatening or whatever and he kept leaning in 
and like threatening dismemberment. And it was fucking terrifying because I did not know this person very well. All, the only safety blanket was that I was definitively on stage and being watched by like hundred But even then, like a slip of the hand. Yeah. Right. Like all it takes is someone being a little too rough. And again, I probably wouldn't do this again. But like, it was magnificent. Um, or like having, uh, like because I'm really into medieval LARPing, like I, people will threaten to chop off my hair. That's nice and terrifying because I love my hair. Or like um, permanently remove piercings. That's really horrifying. I know y'all haven't seen a lot of my piercings because we try to tone it down for Sleeper Kid. But like, I am very pierced. We're such prudes. Um, and like having... The idea of, like, my nipple jewelry threatened is terrifying. Uh, well, I mean, that that's, seems fair. Yeah, uh, it's... And so, like, it's little things like that. Like, it's lots of threats about bodily harm. I'm really into what I call girl in a basement, which is, like, where you're chained down in somebody's basement. And Have we not done that to you yet? I don't know, man! Nobody loves me <laughs> enough to do it. And so, like... Um, we have a basement. So it's a lot of, like, oh, well, you're going to be down here forever. Rah! Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's just like, oh, obviously I'm not, because in like 30 minutes you're going to feed me cheese eggs, and yeah. uh, we're going to go to Waffle House, yeah. and this will be no. fine. I, uh, I have a yeah specific uh, Chicken McNugget request that <laughs> I made. Right? Like, I specifically asked for this very ideal thing, and we're going to go get it. Yeah, we are um, way too close to a crystals to <laughs> lock me in your basement. <laughs> too real. But, like, the threat's really scary at the time, and, like, that's pretty delightful, or, um... Like, if we're playing the Temple Horror game, like, they're going to sell me off. And that's really scary because I'm going to have to go to a whole new place that I've never seen before. And, like, never go to a second location. Never go to a second location. <laughs> and, and so, like, it's it's not threats that, like, are going to so cool. be real. It's fun. It's fun. Um, and, like, once you get me deep enough into the story, I'll believe whatever you're going to tell me is going to happen. I will dead believe you for, like, a, at least the next hour. So, like, it's I'm really impressionable. I've definitely... I'll like, have to incorporate that into future shoots. It's fun. Yeah. yeah. I'll have to do a thing where, like, it's just, like, white slavery. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we get close to it sometimes. Like, getting dragged around on a collar is pretty nummy. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm, every time we do, like, humiliation domination, I'm like, ooh. Mm -hmm. Yes, this is, this is good. This is good. I get, I get paid to, like, flirt with pretty women who are mean to me. Mm -hmm. This is, this is happy. Especially as someone who, like, really into the ladies. This is a good career. <laughs> What's funny is I, like, once again, being a switch, I enjoy being the dominant uh, persona in a wrestling match. I mm -hmm. think it's fun. But yeah. It's a lot of work. It is. Uh, being the, the sub in, a, in a, a pro wrestling match is a lot of fun, too. Mm -hmm. I, I just don't get a chance to do it. Yeah. Because um, it's just no one really requests it. Mm -hmm. I, I spent so much time building this character, whether it was Super Kid or the Machine, that people are just like, uh, oh, we are the same person. Sorry. Spoiler alert. But, um, yeah. <laughs> you didn't recognize that... That physique? No, but no, yeah. Um, it doesn't. It's not something I get to do very yeah. often. But it's fun when you when I do get to. I did one match with Sumiko where she was just like um, the script was just like she was like a Tomb Raider character and she had to beat the shit out of me mm -hmm. and I was just some thug. It was the best thirty minutes. Oh, it's so much fun, especially with someone who really knows what they're doing. Because yeah. like Sumiko is just. She's great, and like I've definitely walked away from matches where I felt like quote punch drunk. Because I'm not conscious for most of it. I'm literally just being, I mean, I'm conscious, but like I have to stay hazy for most of it. And I'm being thrown around. So by the time that you're done, you're dizzy. Mm -hmm. You don't really know precisely where in the room you are or where in the script you are. You just know the other person is going to do it. And like, it's, 
real chill. Like, it's really relaxing. If I, I mean, if there was, like, an eight-foot woman who could just pick me up over her shoulder and walk mm. me around, I'd be like, fuck yeah, dude. Right? Like, and some of it, like, feels really nice on your back and stuff. Like, yeah. I've definitely had my back cracked before. <laughs> I'm, like, walked away from matches, like, feeling the same sort of endorphin high as, like, I find... Yeah, or, like, a really good beating, because I yeah. find that, like, really thuddy play will also fix my yeah. back sometimes. And so, like, um, it feels the same as, like, having, like, a really good kink thing but with absolutely no sexual content, and I love it. Even when we do, um, when I do the Centrally Savage stuff, like, where you get to smooch, which is real nice. Mm -hmm. I enjoy that. I work with some really delightful people. Um, but it's still, you're still working. It's not, yeah. it's not really sexual, but yeah. you, I feel more like I get the endorphin high that I'd get out of a kink experience than I would yeah. out of a sex experience. Yeah, and, like, that's another one. Uh, for those of you who don't know, EssentiallySavageProductions.com is now uh, Sleeper Kid and Saya are co-running that, mm -hmm. so she's got me doing a lot of her shoots out here. Yeah, but yeah there's um, uh, there's a lot of moments there where I it's it's also very hard to pair it to people up that can actually do that yeah. fluidly. Yeah, you, know, you have to we, have good chemistry. We had a couple of girls that came and did some shoots, and it was. Oh, one of them was so nervous, and you could see it. Her yeah. hands were shaking, her lips were kind of trembling, mm -hmm. and I was just like, uh, I don't know if we can, I don't know if we can sell this very well. But right. you, we did one with you, and I think it was like Coco. Yeah. Oh, that was, was fun. really really good. So hold on. All right, quick break there, guys. We had a technical issue, like we always do, but we were talking about uh, your scene with Coco. Yeah, that was super duper fun. Um, Especially since I don't think Coco and I have worked much together no, before. No, but there was like there was chemistry there. There was definitely chemistry, and like um, she's so solid, and like I don't know, it's been really interesting too, getting to do more of this because like you and April had a really good session. Yeah, me and April, me and April have done a lot together. Mm. Really, um, I know that um, a couple folks were really stoked to get to do some of the spy stuff, and it's been nice getting to like. In some ways, I feel like I've grown closer to the people that I work with because of it. Yeah, like, of nobody walks away doing much. Like, it never gets sexual. No one ever, like... Like, I've never gotten anybody's number out of it. And that's fine. I don't want that. Like, it's so nice getting to have that moment of getting to be close to someone and realizing that it's safe without expectations. Yeah. Um, and you like, get to leave when you're done. Right. And, like, I'm... I'm real into girls, so like it's nice being like, ooh, I get bonuses for working with a bunch of really attractive, really talented people. And like there's something really nice about getting to merge like, ooh, I get to smooch you and I get to watch you be really good at your job while I mm -hmm. smooch you. And like that's super stellar. Um, I feel like we've done some really great work and it still leans into the campy in ways that I super enjoy because like I'm gonna kill you, but first let's kiss. It's like so silly when you step away from it. And I love it so much. It's great. And I've gotten to do some really campy things like uh, the S Secret Agent, Sparrow yeah. Summers. It was super fun. It's hard, yeah. And it's really hard as a writer, like as somebody who's like, okay, well, you have to come up with this, this, you know, this custom, or you have to come up with, uh, especially as a fan, uh, or someone goes like, hey, here's a script, but it's like a bare bones script. You add in mm -hmm. all the, the little things that, that work. But that was one of the ones where I was like, hey, Sparrow plays a secret agent uh, who has been dating uh, Coco, who is also like a mafia hit woman. Right. 
And she finds out that you are an FBI agent, but she's in love with you, so mm-hmm. she has to kill you, but she's also attracted to you, so run with that. And I'm just yeah. like, oh, okay, well, what do you want? It's like, oh, you know, knock out, knock out, knock out, do a little bit of this, a little bit of that, and at the end, maybe Sparrow kills, you know, Coco. Mm-hmm. That's all I had. Right, well, and I feel like we really ran with it, and, like, I love people who we can be given a bare-bones script, and we still manage to make something that feels... Oh, he fucking lost his mind. I thought it was one of the best things we've ever done. It was so much fun. It was. And, like, I love people who can be given something bare bones and walk away with, like, a story, an emotionality. Like, I felt like there was a lot of emotionality and, like, like, I love you. Right. I love you, but I have to kill you. Like, it was really tender for, like, Mm -hmm. people who, like, honestly haven't worked together that much. Well, it was cool because she was in love with you, mm -hmm. but you were all business. Because at the end, you were just like, I'm just going to kill you and put this knife in your throat, and I'm just going to go back and do some paperwork. Mm -hmm. Whereas she was just like, I love you. I don't want to kill you. (laughs) So it's like this great... And she's really good at emoting that. Mm -hmm. She loves that. She likes doing the passionate kind of murder and death and and, and combat. Mm -hmm. And so you guys... Yeah, that was such a good shoot. And it was a fun role reversal, too, because, like, I'm definitely, like... Oh, you lose all the time. I lose all the time, and I am such such an emotional person. Like, I feel like my emotional range is turned all the way up all the time, and so getting to have someone else be, like, way more emotionally invested than I was, and me just be like, no, I'm going to kill you, is not something that I would ever be able to do in real life. And so, so like, it, it, it sucks was fun. It, it sucks that she retired. I really. Oh, she it. retired? She did, yeah. No. She sent me a text earlier this uh, year, and she was like, I think I'm retired. That's wild. So, of course, like, every three months, I'll be like, are you still retired? <laughs> I thought about it about six months ago when I got, like, my big adult job and was like, maybe I should retire, mm-hmm. but it's too much fun. I can't. I can't. Yeah, retire. life's too short to just be doing work. Right. Like, Right, like, you gotta do work that's gotta, you know, give you a little bit of a thrill. It, it's true, and like, there's something really satisfying about being like, I've gotta go to work today, and then work today consists of being thrown around. Like, it's it tickles me too much to ever stop, I think. I got to wear lingerie and get body slammed. Right, like, um, and this is like a lot of the, like, a, my major performance gig kind of died, and so this is really what I do right now. So this is my major outlet, because mm-hmm. um, I don't really do stage work anymore. I've been thinking about getting into burlesque lately, but... I mean, that would be good. Yeah, but it requires so much time. It does. It and, does. like, the upfront cost is a lot higher. Yeah. Um, because if I'm going to do burlesque, I want to do it, like, real serious business, like, proper Moulin Rouge level burlesque. And that's... That's what's playing in our theater right Exactly. Now. And so, like, <laughs> um, like I'm... If you guys hear stuff in the background, we have people in my movie theater uh, currently watching Moulin Rouge. So right. You'll hear bursts of Elton John and, and whatnot. The movie is such an inspiration, though. If I don't get to do, like, a Diamond I want to see it on Broadway friend, so oh, I would love to see it on Broadway. I'm going to wait till the, you know, the first burst peters out a bit. But, yeah, mm-hmm. I want to go see it. Um, I wonder if it'll ever come down to the Fox. Mm. I need to go to the Fox. Everything today. eventually trickles down to the Fox. Yeah. Uh, I know Wicked comes through every couple years. One day. I Phantom does too. I think Cats is coming through again. Yeah, no, Cats <laughs> is definitely through. Uh, um... <laughs> what do you think of the movie that's coming out? Okay, so like it I... looks so horrifying to me, but I never saw the original play, so I love it. I mean, okay, and so like a disclaimer: I'm one of the few people in the world who truly, genuinely loved Cats. Okay, okay? I liked. The original. It ran for like 20 years. Okay, so, so you're not the only person. Okay, it just feels like it at this point. That <laughs> at the end, it was cool to hate it. It was. It got really hip to hate cats. And like, I think it's great. And that's partially because I love T.S. Eliot. And this is just T.S. Eliot at his most I don't give a fuck. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's fun. It's good. I am super... It was like, yeah, opium T.S. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's... 
It's the most family-friendly thing T.S. Eliot ever did. Yeah. It's the least gay thing that T.S. Eliot ever did. And admittedly, I love And that's, that's saying it quite is, a lot. Yeah. And, like, I, I love everything he's ever done. But, like, Cats is just so whimsical. And so I'm a big fan. I am a little disappointed with some of the casting choices. Like, I don't love that we're using big names. I don't care that Judy Dench is a cat, but on the other hand, when is Judy Dench ever going to get to be in Cats otherwise? So like, man. Well, the um, fact that yeah, she had she had actually stated that she was going to quit acting because she was losing her her uh, sight, right. her eyesight. Right. So this in some way makes her perfect for that role. And again, I'm really into cat girls, so I think the new Cats movie looks real sexy. Taylor yeah. Swift looks hot. She does and taylor swift does not often look hot to me which is like licking her her paw and alice is like all right well, that might be a thing yeah i'm ready i'm so ready plus like <laughs> i firmly blame cats for the cat girl thing really like, i firmly like okay so there's a scene in the original cats with um a bunch of like punky alley cats and one of them has this big spiky collar and she's oh. like hey guys I'm a sex kitten. And little baby me went, I want to be that when I grow up. And so, like, here we are. And I am, in fact, actually a sex kitten. Who knew? So, like, there you go. it was formative. Like, between Cats and Elvira, those two are, like, completely responsible for the sexy persona that y'all see today. Because, like, I distinctly remember being, like, I don't know, young. Under I young. love that you're so much younger than me and that you appreciate Elvira. Because <laughs> that was my jam. When I, was, when I was a kid, every night my parents would go to sleep. Every, every weekend mm -hmm. and then she would have her show right and it would be something some horrible movie and then she would come on and like my like nine ten year old brain would be like those are lovely what are those <laughs> right? well like and I, then she would say something that would make me laugh oh she's so funny she's like so you've seen the movie mm -hmm, mm, yeah of the dark yes oh it's so good it's so and like i love that she can be so sexy and so campy like i think that she really paved the way for a lot of things for me because like it you get to be a sex bomb while also being just the funniest thing in the whole world. Her best line, I, I'm gonna say it now, just because I gotta put it in stone. But like, it's she's in the movie, and I think she fell. I think she falls like out of the car. I forgot what it was. She falls, and she hits herself, and the guy stands her up and goes like, "Hey, are you okay?" And she's like, "Yeah." She, he's like, "Is your head okay?" And she's like, "I never had any complaints." <laughs> I like. <laughs> I love that. I love that it's like raunchy and ditzy at the same. Like she's so much fun, and like I love a good horror host show. Like I love a let's watch a crappy movie with a good horror host. But like I was really young and I saw her on a pinball machine once, and I went, "Mama, who is that?" Mm -hmm. And she's like, "Well, that's Elvira. She's a sex symbol." And I'm like, "I want to be a sex symbol when I grow up." <laughs> and like I'm sure that is not the takeaway that anyone wanted me to and have. Your mom's like, "What happened to the sex getting thing?" <laughs> Oh, there's gonna be a day where mom like really truly is like, oh, so like, did I do anything to cause this? Make up your mind. And it'll be like, look at look at all the media you fed me. <laughs> like, okay. I had one customer who came back over and over again who would write elaborate stories about how um, they were being seduced from their wife and turned into a woman by the enticing smell of my feet after being in heels all day, and it was. So niche. I've never released those clips because I think that they are so silly looking. Like so it's like a Tennessee woman. <coughs> <experience. laughs> oh my god, right? Um, though <laughs> just I, saying, play this at the Fox. It's it was like, it was definitely the most unusual. Like seduce me away with your feet smell, and I'm like, okay. I mean, I th what I think it, what I think it was like. I think with a lot of things like that, is someone working up the gumption to make a large change in their life. Mm -hmm. 
and they wanted to play with the fantasy reason for why they might want to make those changes so that way they could decide if it was fun outside of a fantasy. Um, and I felt like it was therapy for them. Um, I feel like a lot of the more niche stuff is therapy. Is someone playing with a scenario in a way that is safe and is distant and doesn't involve someone right there? Because honestly, like, if someone was actually going to permanently alter the body, I feel like he'd want someone right there. If someone was going to talk yeah. themselves through, I want to be a woman now, um, it would be more I mean, pressure they're, yeah, they're to better. have someone right there. Yeah. Um, and I think that it is a safe way to explore things about your body and about yourself without actually having to commit. You get to create a story, you get to have someone who is committed to that story, and then you get to go home at the end of the day completely intact yeah, and completely because okay. in the end, if you do want to make that change, you have to have people there physically with you, so that's a completely different thing than just speaking to somebody online. Yeah, and like, you need to feel comfortable. For a lot of people, it is the first step. Like, for, I know a lot of people who have approached these things as a way of getting comfortable with a larger life change, mm -hmm. and I think that that's gorgeous. I think it's great that we live in a world where you can reach out to a stranger online and find that kind of comfort to explore who you are and who you might want to be without having any pressure and without having to find someone who is local to you to do that with you. I think that it's a beautiful thing that the internet has provided. Like, we've possibly never had the sort of intimate support role play network that we have now and i think that it does great things yeah. like sometimes you have to tell yourself stories about yourself before you can be those things like i definitely tell myself stories so that way i can learn how to be the things that i want to be in those stories um and i think that ultimately a lot of fetish is telling yourself stories that you are something other than yourself that allows you to experience parts of yourself that you wouldn't otherwise have any access yeah. to <coughs> and I do feel it's um, it is pretty much like like when well, how do I put this we're living in, in this weird transitional phase now where like you know a lot of people are, are being are, are able to kind of you know expose these things to the light and people are not judging them for them yeah um, whereas back in the day like I've heard stories of people who jump onto uh, message boards when they're like in their late 70s and 80s yeah. and they're just like wait this was always a possibility I could always just meet up with someone who could do this to me yeah no, it's yeah amazing. well guess what now I'm too old now I'm at the end end of my life and I never got to do this because I lived in such a constraint mm -hmm. and a constraining kind of um, a society that said that this wasn't right that anything that was outside um, straight sex in a marriage was was you know uh, something you know a, a devilish thing to do mm -hmm. you know yeah and, a lot of suffering has come of feeling like you're very alone and i think the internet we have a lot of statistics now that actually prove that there are people who are in isolated areas who otherwise would never have experienced or investigated like their queerness or their kinkiness or any of that at all and the internet opened up a whole new world for them and allowed them to become a person who otherwise might hate themselves mm -hmm. or might never speak to another person about this ever again. This is how you end up with like closeted gay men who have been married for 50 years and are miserable and hate themselves yeah. or folks that don't transition until their 80s. And I think that as much as like, I don't know, mainstream society really wants to villainize like the fetish industry, I think it is making for healthier, happier people who otherwise wouldn't have access to these parts of themselves and might die never realizing that these parts of themselves are lovable. We talked about that um, when it came to uh, the necrofetish stuff. We've done oh, that yeah. before where it's like, you know, how is this something that, you know, people can look upon, look, look at it and like, 
give it a give it a pass. And it's just because these are these are urges. These are things that come from roots and like uh, you know things that, that that kick off people's kinks. But it doesn't necessarily mean that you want to kill somebody. It just means that you want to maybe reenact this one thing that you saw when you were a kid. Or... Right. Well, and like I find that a lot of things that are fantasies are things that are really hot in fantasy that you would never want to happen in real life. No. They don't reflect who you are as a you person. Were talking about being threatened. <laughs> Like, I don't want to be threatened. I don't want to have someone... You don't want to actually end up locked in someone's basement? No, <laughs> no. I, I do not want to be locked in someone's basement. I do not want to be kidnapped. I don't want to be threatened on the street. For years, one of my greater terrors was that someone who liked my work would find me out in the real world and would think that this was a fun game that I was not enjoying. And I think that the internet gives us space where that is okay. And I think it lets you get urges out in ways that involve consenting adults mm -hmm. that don't hurt anybody and if you can redirect any of that energy towards um someone who is consenting to assist you then you're doing the right thing like you're you're reaching out and you're finding an outlet that is safe and is healthy and i'm like more power to you like i routinely joke that there are some real dark cases out there that might have been mitigated if they had just had the internet mm -hmm. because there are people who are genuinely into it yeah. And like like you want to you know do dark things with your wee little sex save? Let me tell you how there's 50 <laughs> message boards and someone's going to be really into whatever you are into. There is nothing nothing that you are into that someone else is not also enthusiastically super duper ravingly into and I think that the internet has really made that true because there was definitely a time where like you could go years, if not your whole life, never experiencing things that were that are core to you as a person. And the internet has made it where now all you gotta do is do the right Google search. And yeah. someone else is there, man. You probably have a whole community who's like, fuck yeah, this genre exists. And I think that's gorgeous. Like, I love that there's a community of guys who saw wrestling as kids and went, this is... Oddly erotic for me. And they found a whole community. Like, these guys talk to each other. Like, I think we're doing good work, man. <laughs> no, I agree. I really do think we're doing the same thing. We, um, there's been so many, so many people that have approached me in the last couple of years where they're just like, uh, hey, I used to have this kink and I thought it was really weird that I was into girls wearing spandex and wrestling each other and it was so fucking bizarre. And, and how do I tell my wife about this? Mm. And then I'll just be like, all right, well, let's, you know, think about what she likes. You know, yeah. what, if, what if she came to you and said, hey, I like to do this or I like to do kitten play. Right. What would you do? Do you love her? Yes. Well, then you would probably delve into it and you want to make her as happy as possible, even if it's not your specific kink. I've definitely talked through people through the how do I tell my wife that I think mm -hmm. that this is really hot without and not make her feel like I want to hurt her because mm -hmm. especially with the wrestling I said I don't want to hurt people no it's all role play no it, it is it is they, like like so few of I mean these... if you're dealing with it correctly it's role play right and like I I think it's anytime I can actually help like actively help a marriage because I feel like you see people who work in this industry as like home wrecking monstrosities when a lot of the times I'm super duper thrilled to be like here's how you're gonna reconnect with your partner mm -hmm. And it's totally okay for you to want these things. And I bet you if you just have this conversation, they will still love you. And 98% of the time, they do still totally love them. 
and they're able to walk away happier and healthier for it with a better sex life because a lot of times when one person's like, I don't know how to tell her this, I don't know, and they go in and they have the conversation and they're like, oh, well, it turns out she's had kinks for 10 mm -hmm. years that we never talked about. Because she, was a, she, was, she didn't know how to tell you about them. Right, and now that we've opened up the store, we're talking about kinks we've had for decades and our sex life has never been better and we feel more connected and real. And I don't know, man, I... I feel like my great calling in life is to really fix those things, to like give you the tools to have the intimacy that you want with someone who can be right there and who does love you. And I don't know, man, I think it's really important emotional labor to be able to let people explore these fantasies and then feel confident enough in them to go back home and be like, all right, so mm -hmm. I'm into this really niche things. Here are some videos. This is what I'm into. Are you maybe into that too? And like talking them through being able to explain why they're into it. And yeah. then they're able to go in and actually have the same conversation with people who they've been with for years or with people that they're just starting to date and they feel really nervous mm -hmm. about. Like I've definitely had people who are like, I like this girl, but what if she's not into this? I'm like, well, let me tell you how I'm into freakier things. And I, I love, that's why I love asking heard. people about their kinks because it's, it's one of those, it's almost like asking somebody what kind of, you know, movies they like. Right. It's just like, it's it's such a integral part of uh, you know who they are. It is. It is. Unlike, it shapes how you experience everything. You know, if you're and how you see them, and how you mm -hmm. deal with them, and how you interact with them. You know, like I mean, right now I'm thinking like, well, in the future, if I want to shoot something with Sparrow, and and I can introduce this aspect to it, mm -hmm. and she'll enjoy. Right. I'll throw that in there. Right. Because I know that you'll come over and be like, oh, that was that was a much more enriching experience because he knows what I'm into. Mm -hmm. So it's like, oh, well, a little more femdom or a little right. more, you know, submission play as opposed to just if I didn't know you and I'd just be like, oh, well, you know, we're going to do this one thing, one thing, one thing. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, I think it's um, someone's kinks definitely it's very integral to their um, persona. Yeah. And well, it can be integral to how they experience care. Mm -hmm. Like, um, I definitely feel more cared for in certain ways because of my kinks and I feel like there are definitely some people who are never going to feel truly cared for until someone puts them in a position that maybe is a little kinky and for the first time ever they feel cared for. Like I recently had a friend who like um, was really upset that no one ever lets them be helpless and lets, lets them just go, I don't know what I'm doing, please take care of me. And like being able to provide like a daddy experience meant that they were able to do the rest of their day a lot better because suddenly I understand that the way that they experience care is through a very nurturing, like, they need to be small sort of lens. And, like, you wouldn't know that otherwise. Yeah. I agree. I agree. Well, on that note, I think uh, this is a, a good way to end the first of hopefully a few podcasts with you. But, um, uh, uh, let's do a couple of more replugs. So if you guys want to see more of Sparrow's Summer's uh, material, the stuff that she shot by herself, mm -hmm. you can go to minivids.com. Yep. And, and search up Sparrow Summers. Sparrow Summers. And if you want to see her wrestling stuff with us, uh, sleeperkidswell.com, skwppv.com. If you want to see her more sensual combat, you can go to essentiallysavageproductions.com. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, I think that's it in terms of yeah. like, all the content. If you want to um, order custom content. What's your Twitter name? Um, I'm Sparrow Summers. I'm really easy across the board. And if you ever want to order special content, the easiest way to contact me right now is to email me at sparrowsummers at gmail.com. Um, I am not taking a lot of those right now, and I will not be 
dealing with offers that are how cheap can you make it because uh, I don't have a lot of time right now y'all but if you do want to order customs and you do want to offer me enough money to make give me up one of my few off days worth it right now or you can contact me go to imsleeperkid at yahoo.com um, and unfortunately I too will not be feeling many how low can you go offers because what we do is very intricate mm -hmm. um, and we make sure that our ladies are paid and that we give you guys the best that we can possibly give you but uh, but when you do get a custom through us you're gonna get what you paid for and more always we always shoot a little bit over your your time limit usually mm -hmm. it's always a little bit more intricate than you'd imagine and honestly if you want the quality that sleeper kit has Please order through Sleeper Kid. I am shooting off of a webcam. It is just me. That's still like... Oh, it's fine. Yeah. But like, if you want that really high HD quality, you really need to order through Sleeper Kid. And it is easier to get me to shoot with him than it is to shoot with me right now. Because my house is messy. So like... But if you want a more intimate experience, then definitely contact Yep. Um, Sparrow. Because she will be right there where she lives and where she breathes. Yeah. And um, she's going to kick ass for you either way it's true and i respond really well to gifts so if you want special uh content without having to organize a lot it's really easy to order me things off my amazon list, mm -hmm. wish list and you will always get content every time with whatever you order um so you know that's fun and i post that wish list link on my facebook all the time Perfect. so y'all should see it um well let's tap glasses here cheers um, actually, yeah, I've known Sparrow for a long time, but this is the first, I think, time that we really had a chance to just talk. Yeah, ages. We've known each other for like six years. Yeah, but we, we it's always like in and out. Yeah. And yeah. even at parties, it's just like, oh my god, there's 80 people here, fuck. Oh yeah, no, y'all's parties are a lot for me. <laughs> <laughs> like, we get here, I'm just like, oh no. <laughs> I was so sad I missed the last one, though. Oh, that was so cool. Oh, uh, it was, I was, I had been planning for it. I had bought costuming for it. I had like, I know, but you got sick, right? Yeah, I got really sick last winter. Um, so I didn't do anything fun. It's a valid excuse. Yep. Next year, though, I'm really excited for this year. We're we... thinking of doing um, a half ass Halloween party, mm. which means everyone gets to come to our Halloween party as long as their costume costs less than $20. Ooh, I like the less than $20. <laughs> Especially as someone who will chronically buy costume pieces. Big fan of that. Though, you are missing a prime opportunity. You know, it's 2020. We could go Great Gatsby. That's what's going to happen for the New Year's party. Ooh. Yeah. We're doing, I think we're doing a gay old time, uh, 2020, which means yes. uh, Great Gatsby is if everyone was LGBTQ. Ah! I love it so much! So that's just, that's just a, not 100% the final idea, but I think that's what we're going to do. Well, I'm definitely going to be at your New Year's party. <laughs> it's like... Everyone gets a yeah top hats, but you can be gender bender. You can do whatever the fuck you want. You can oh, you just gave me like the theme I've been waiting for. <laughs> so now you're gonna have to. This is this is how you get to see me, white girl wasted at your party. I think yes. I think my wife called it hindsight is 2020. That's gonna be the name. We're gonna have DJ. We're gonna have the big backyard party. It's gonna oh, be fun. Love it. Y'all's parties are always great. I I have a blast. Yeah. But uh, we love uh, we love having Sparrow here. Uh, we're gonna get her back, and we have several projects for her coming up uh, in the next couple of weeks. Yep. Uh, we're gonna have her come back with Luna. Mm -hmm. uh, oh, once Luna comes back, we're gonna set you guys up probably in a rematch versus Tiny because it awesome. has to happen. Yeah. We gotta figure out a way to outdo whatever the fuck the last one was. Yeah, was I insane. don't. I don't know how to outdo that, but I still think we're we should figure win it out for half of it. We're gonna figure it out. Um. Just maybe a double tombstone off the top ceiling. Yeah, well, of the house. Yeah, he'll do a handstand. He'll do it with his feet somehow. <laughs> It'll be fine. But um, 
But yeah, so you guys, once again, um, thank you so much for uh, following the podcast. Uh, we've been doing great with you guys. Uh, some of these episodes, uh, you guys have uh, viewed them a lot. Uh, so thank you. And um, keep uh, keep listening. We'll keep producing them. And um, until next time, uh, we'll have Sparrow say goodbye. Bye, y'all. Love all of you so much. Adios. We love you.